Hello, everyone, and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the compensating-for-something capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. And joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how are you doing today? I've been wiping my ass with storybooks since I was 14. (laughs) I've heard they're super absorbent. And joining us from the fart so foul it kills swamp fish of Southern California, the Inland Empire, is my other co-host, John. John, what's happening? I'm employing lactose-based interrogation techniques against my cookies. (laughs) john has ways of making them talk you know you're getting lonely when you start talking to your cookies and torturing them as you eat them (laughs) (laughs) no i am comfortable being alone and that is exactly what i mean god damn it but following me Uh, Before we get started, if you like what you hear today, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to share the show with anyone you think might like to listen as well. And all of that is because we watched the Academy Award winning animated film Shrek. And John, how would you tell someone you watched Shrek without using the title? Somebody once told me this fairy tale was boring. Ogre jackass and a damsel distressed. (laughs) Ha ha! <laughs> and that's how John won the episode. Sweet, I'm out. And Jules, if the producers had asked you to come up with a different title for this film, what would it be? It's so frustrating because we found, like, in my opinion, what is has to be the greatest title for this movie, but I can't take credit for it, which is Summertime Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just going to... I have a terrible title for this, but it's just Beast and the Beast. That is also true. And also the Beasts. <laughs> I think by the end of it, there are... There are three beasts. There's more than just a couple beasts, yeah. No, I, I, we, we get what you're going for. I just still say Summertime Grinch is the better title. It is a fantastic title. That was definitely on a tweet somewhere that Jules shared with us. So guys, this was a massive movie. This is insanely, insanely massive. Had a big, big impact on the culture. So what were your guys' experiences? with Shrek. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater and I'm not sure why. I think it was just uh, CG movies were, were still so new. It was such a novelty. You had to go see it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I saw this one. I saw the sequel in the theaters. That's really all I've seen out of the whole franchise. I remembered enjoying them. I'd forgotten a lot of it since then. And there was a period of time, especially when I'd cut my hair really, really short, that I got called Shrek a lot and hated it. Oh, God. Uh, That's nasty. Well, I got called Harry Potter, so no sympathy. <laughs> there was a guy in my school... Because I, think, I forget what his name was. They called him Mark the Fark, and then they called him Gaylord Farquad just because of Mark the Fark. And Fark means pig in Afrikaans. Like, th- this guy got it rough. Um, so Lord Farquad was used as a, a bullying term at my school for this one guy. Jules, how about you? Do you see this one in theaters? Oh, yeah, yeah. This was a big smile for me when I was 14, if you hadn't guessed by my intro. I saw it in theaters, and it was a reminder that I can enjoy animated movies, even as a teen. It was also a reminder that Disney was no longer the king of animation and there were... (laughs) 
<laughs> Pixar and, and DreamWorks were really making the art at that point, and Disney was just distributing for Pixar. But also, I'm pretty sure, and this is the weirdest thing, this became the love story of teen muggers in England, because all the kinds of guys who would mug you and steal your cell phone in England were going in to see this movie and the sequels. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why, it was just filled with people who scared the shit out of me, and I always, I always just desperately tried to find an empty seat as far away as possible and um, leave as hastily as possible because I didn't really get tall until I was 18. Yeah, this was huge in South Africa. I definitely saw this in theaters. I think this was around the time where movies in South Africa were starting to be like distributed the year they came out pretty much everywhere else. So I saw this in the small two-screen theater in the town where I went to boarding school. By the time I graduated, it would have a whole three screens, but at this time, it only had two. So I went to go see it there. Uh, I saw a lot of movies alone, so I don't know if I saw it with friends. Did I even have friends? Who knows? And yeah, it was just highly quoted. People, you know, rented it for the house on VHS. Not VHS, it was DVDs at this point. But yeah, it was it was massive. The sequel was massive. That's all I can really remember about it. Well, the all-star cost. I mean, it was it was really when that shit hit home. I mean, Pocahontas had a, had a few names, but I feel like Shrek was the one where they just went all out. And, you know, I mean, you get Eddie Murphy, you get Jonathan Lithgow, you get Cameron Diaz, you get Michael Myers. It, it's just monumental. And then the sequel gets John Cleese. I mean, it, it goes on from there. Yeah, it was the first movie since basically Toy Story where it's like, I know who that actor yeah. is. Well, Toy Story had Tom Hanks uh, as just huge name and, and the others were sort of, okay, names, but not as big. I mean, we all knew who Tim Allen was. because Yeah, yeah, but he's he's but... not a, he's not Tom Hanks. I mean, he's not Cameron Diaz. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, this was Cameron Diaz, like, at her peak. This is, like, Charlie's Angels well, post time Ma for Cameron. Mask was when she came out as, as huge, right? Well, she first got on everyone's radar for uh, Everybody Loves Mary because of cum in her hair. That was... Something about Mary. Something about Mary. That's... <laughs> What did I say? Everybody loves Mary. <laughs> Which is a great synopsis of that movie. <laughs> the sequel we deserve. <laughs> the sitcom derivative that we deserve. I'm sure that was after Mask, though. Like, Mask was kind of her breakthrough, right? Yeah, Mask was her breakthrough. Yeah, Mask was her breakthrough, yeah. We definitely got to do that at some point. Ridiculously sexy in that movie. I'm going to mess up and watch the Eric Stoltz share production instead. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. It's a totally different thing. So yeah, this was, you know, DreamWorks kind of laying down the gauntlet for Pixar and Disney being like, yo, you're not the only kid on the block anymore. Well, it's very much a stab at Disney, even though the characters they use are very much public domain and they're just enough, not how Disney depicted them, but you still recognize it's the Disney versions, like the three fairy godmothers from Sleeping Beauty are the same colors and they're same wands and like the little the the pixie dust effect from obviously tinkerbell and the clothes pinocchio's wearing just everything and then even like the little it's a small world knockoff song when they first go into the city for a little intro 
Oh, yeah. Everything is just kind of a fuck you to Disney. And the horrible irony of it is that the company that ripped on Disney then tried to become Disney with <laughs> the subsequent movies outside of the Shrek franchise. I mean, it, you know, you got movies like How to Train Your Dragon, which is a wonderful movie, but it's very Disney. They were kind of trying to go for that demographic with this one. Yeah, so originally Steven Spielberg bought the rights to the book that this was based off of back in like 1991, apparently. So this was a long time in the making. And then when DreamWorks kind of spun off and did its own thing, they got the rights from Spielberg and they started developing it. Jeffrey Katzenberg et al. And then they originally cast Chris Farley as Shrek. And I think a few years ago, they released some scenes where Chris Farley is acting with Eddie Murphy as Shrek. And it's very different, obviously, than the movie we eventually got. Yeah, I'd heard about that. And after you know, Farley had passed and so his good friend Mike Myers jumped in and it got some rewrites and, you know, the character just got changed a bit. But then pretty much once he was done, he had the idea to do the accent and re-recorded everything again. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't originally going to be Scottish. And then he just remembered that he did it for Fat Bastard and some other movies. And he's like, actually, let me do him as a Scottish guy. And it- Well, he had this kind of voice for some of his SNL characters and stuff. It's it's something that he's always had kind of in his repertoire. But like they were a good way through completing. And he was like, you know what? I want to totally do all of this again. <laughs> but it paid off. It worked. This made on a $60 million budget in you know late 90s, early 2000s. It made close to nearly 500 million worldwide, like 460, 470 million worldwide. That is insane. The global box office back then wasn't what it was today. That's the power of ugly people in your audience. <laughs> I have been to England. He's based off of the average dude (laughs) that you encounter in Liverpool. That is just who (laughs) Shrek is based off of. Ears and all. No, not you, John. You're not from Liverpool. <laughs> John just took one of his headphones. Yeah, I've got I've got short hair now, so my uh, my ears are more prominent than they would normally be. <laughs> Shrek ever came to Liverpool, it would be. Hey, what you was doing over here in Liverpool? <laughs> Liverpudlians are what you get right before you get Scotsman. <laughs> that sounded like Mike Tyson with a terrible British accent. <laughs> the most horrible accent, the Liverpool accent. I'm sorry. To any Liverpool listeners, I apologize. You are an incredible sweet people with a city, with a great culture, but your accent is awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just <laughs> next to Birmingham. Anything you say before the word but doesn't count. By the way, that Birmingham comment also counts for our Birmingham here in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cross-the-pond criticism. Right, except for all of the compliments beforehand. <laughs> yes. No, you don't get that Birmingham, Alabama. You don't get any no, of those compliments. No, you do not. I've never been there, but I'm just going to assume you're terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> Millennial Rewind condones prejudice to absolutely everyone. <laughs> everyone and everything up to and including ourselves. Yes, we are very equal and giving with our judgmental nature. <laughs> uh, it's the power of self-loathing. Anyways. Uh... No, no, I just hate everyone else. <laughs> the only one I like. What are you talking about? I actually believe you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I called Shrek again? <laughs> 
seriously so much of this except for like when he somehow finds quote unquote true love over the course of a single goddamn day a lot of this spoke to me i've got my space stay the fuck away i watched this movie and i'm like they should have just called this john the movie <laughs> like three quarters of it i'm just like yep that's exactly what john would have done yep that's exactly what john would have done yeah amazingly relatable all right well we got a lot of fairy tales to get to uh so we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna start breaking down john that nope i mean shrek shrek we're gonna break down shrek can't break me down Hi, folks. Welcome to Duloc. It's the most perfect town in all the land. Oh, ouch. Are you okay? Yeah, I just seem to have some trouble in my joints and one of my legs here. Oh, yeah? That knee right over there? No, it's Disney. (laughs) Ha ha, Disney, get it? Ow. Ah, you got us. You got us, man. I got you. That's terrible. Anyway, that's not important. What is important is that while you're here, you have to follow all the rules. What kind of rules? Well, first, no fairy tale creatures allowed. Oh, yeah, I don't want none of them cross-dressing wolves or German pigs running around ruining my vacation. Exactly. We don't want that either. They're gross. As a matter of fact, we killed a fairy tale mama bear the other day. Yeah, good on you. Wait, wait, what did he say? Second rule, all cue cards must be obeyed. If you read one that says drop your pants and start doing a hustle, you'd better do it, mister. Phil over here learned the hard way, didn't you, Phil? I've been in this stock for 25 years. Seems harsh. He got what he deserved. Now look, there are a bunch of other rules, and there's just way too many to go through here, so tell you what, you go out there and have fun, make yourself at home, and remember, you fucking talk about that mama bear being killed, I will find you, I will fucking gut you like a fish in front of your children. Okay? This is the kind of shit you had to learn at Warner Brothers, right? (laughs) (laughs) At some point, you just have to let them know where they stand. And we're back, and we're going to start off with the Universal Studios logo, and God, this is my favorite studio intro out of all of them. Like, this will get you pumped for anything. Like, to listen to, I don't know, Gilbert Gottfried reading the phone book. God, what the fuck was that sketch or whatever? They actually got Gilbert Gottfried, but it was like him doing the audiobook for Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh, yes. She slid her hands down the thighs of the... <laughs> The whole video, it's like, you know, a lady like sits on a bench waiting for a buzz or something, like hits play, and then she gets the biggest, like, what the fuck is this expression on her face? We also get some Shrek S's on the DreamWorks logo. And we open up onto a leather-bound storybook, and we hear Shrek, uh, Mike Myers, in a Scottish accent, narrating a story about a beautiful princess who had an enchantment put on her that could only be broken by true love's first kiss. And he's kind of flicking through the storybook, and we're seeing pictures that go with the story. So for some fucking reason this princess was put in the highest room of the tallest tower remember that kids that's very Mm -hmm. important in a castle guarded by a dragon right because a a fairy tale needed to happen i suppose that's why um and although many knights tried to save her so far they'd all failed um so she's just sitting there in the castle waiting for her true love and shrek's like right like that'll ever happen and then he tears out a page 
his book to wipe his ass. And we have already kicked off with why the hell did they bother with this being an adaptation in the first place? Because <laughs> this is nothing like the story it came from. It defines what this movie is. This is a Disney-like opening that then they just wipe wipe their ass with it. They're clarifying what kind of movie you are about to watch. Yes, again, this movie is very much a middle finger to Disney. Love it. If they changed his name and made Donkey any other animal, you wouldn't have to do anything with the rights to Shrek. Yeah, it's not like that book had name recognition. Yeah, not even that. And I mean, it's incredibly short. Uh, through the library, I checked out the audiobook just to see what it was like. Stanley Tucci reads it, by the way. It's seriously eight and a half minutes. Wow. It is insanely short. And Shrek has flame breath and his stench like kills things around him. And basically a witch tells him that he's going to marry the ugliest creature and he gets super fucking hyped for it. A donkey gives him directions to where the the ugly princess is and he fights a knight and burns him with his flame breast the dude dives in the moat and he sees ugly princess and they fall in love and they terrorize the shit out of everyone they come across and live terribly ever after but that's it wow okay so basically yeah they they did not need to get the rest of that book at all well cue smash mouth oh smash mouth oh smash mouth. i had one of your albums <laughs> And that was around, I think it was like 98 or 99 when that album got released. It was the one that had this song on it. And by the time this movie came out, I was over them. (laughs) I will say there is something that I I couldn't resist saying, and that's the fact that the song All Star is playing to an All Star cast being presented to you. Very, very true. Yeah, this this song got way overplayed by the end of it, and Smash Mouth became MAGA guys recently. Yeah, I did have it when I was watching this. I'm like, oh, Smash Mouth, whatever happened? He's like, oh, they've been going this whole time, and yeah, got a bit MAGA. The lead singer finally retired just this past year. They got someone else. I mean, this is like the only song they're known for, and I could only imagine having to sing All Star over and over again for 20 years. Hey, you had walking on the sun yeah that but was, apparently in my where are they now they recently did a cover of um oh shit the fucking rick roll song never gonna give you up the rick astley never gonna give you what up the fuck? yes yes song has oh it sounds popular. terrible it sounds terrible i had to look it up you can't mess with perfection <laughs> i mean there's there's only really two nitpicks i have in this intro one of which it has a fart joke and there are going to be fart jokes in this movie which instantly makes me roll my eyes the second is when the townsfolk start doing tactics of how they're going to attack shrek and then they just decide to sprint right in afterwards <laughs> right <laughs> well they're uh, tactics if you look at it because you know while shrek's doing shrek things like taking mud showers and farting in a lake and killing fish and brushing his teeth with the extruded guts of a worm. Yeah, the the, the townsfolk look at a wanted poster for the ogre and their entire tactic that they're, you know, drawing into the sand of the town street is frontal assault. Just run at him from the front. That was the tactic anyway. Yeah, but a few people get to do it slightly sideways. Like, slightly Uh... to the side. They're still very much in front and not flanking. And yet when it's time to do their torches and pitchforks, they just clump together and move as one mass. 
But before we like continue on that, there's one thing I have to say about this opening intro montage to Smash Mouth's All-Star. Shrek leaves his outhouse where he was taking a shit while reading the book. And he just looks around and he's so fucking happy. He's so happy with his little hovel and the swamp. He's happy with his life. Like genuinely happy. There He wants for nothing. So basically this movie is about how Shrek had already found happiness and the world outside fucked with it. So relatable. <laughs> What's your point? That's that's what happens in life constantly. <laughs> I know. But mm-hmm. usually in a story that's like, okay, I'm alone, but maybe I wouldn't mind somebody to share my life with, which is something they alluded to in the Chris Farley clip I saw. There's none of that. He is just the happiest motherfucker. Like, I'm envious of this happiness. Yeah, I might be alone, but I am not lonely. That does become a glimpse of what's missing of it later, though, because of the second chair at the table. True. That comes in later, though. Comes in a set. <laughs> So my question is, because like, because the the mob with the pitchforks and torches interrupts Shrek while he's eating. Where does he get all these eyeballs? Yes, right. Shrek has murdered right? has murdered the townsfolk. You know, they it, they sort of pretend like it's a joke, but those eyeballs prove that he has massacred the townsfolk for eyeballs to add to his martinis. <laughs> But he doesn't just have them in martinis. There's eyes that are part of his meals. They they go with everything. At what point is Shrek not using the eyes after he kills something? And some of those eyes do not look human or like they, they have like the, the various long sizes and yeah. pupil shapes. It's it, this is a veritable variety pack of eyeballs that he's well, got. This is what I mean. The English muggers and criminals of the UK idolized him because he's clearly a guy who commits heinous crimes but is a protagonist in a movie. He's working up to build miniatures of Bloodborne bosses. (laughs) So many eyeballs. Thanks, Jules got it, yes. I, I have not played Bloodborne, so I don't It think. has all the eyes. Okay, I, I I will need to play Bloodborne. Yeah, so he sees the, the, the mob coming, and he's like, oh, these silly guys, because this is just a minor annoyance for him. He, like, sneaks up behind them. Yes, he does not give two shits. <laughs> it's just the sooner he scares them away, the sooner he can get back to his existence. There is no threat. Nope, because, like, the... the the townsfolk are like, I heard ogres, you know, grind your bones to make their bread. And he's like, actually, that's more like giants. <laughs> yeah, Shrek is surprisingly stealthy. Very stealthy. He definitely rolled high on his stealth check. And so he talks about, well, actually, ogres, you know, they'll, you know, squeeze the juices out of you and shave your liver. Like, get a badger brush and some shaving soap and just like, you know, get it nice and smooth. You got, got a five o'clock shadow on your liver. Dude, I'm telling you, once you have some hairy liver, you are never making that mistake again (laughs) what aftershave do you put on a liver anyways lavender lavender oil (laughs) yeah just as like a boss power move he puts out (laughs) one of their torches with his fingers just like the the guy's trying to like wave his torch at him he's like nope one of the many hilarious jokes in this movie is just (laughs) waving the fire at him he just puts it out with a lick (laughs) i feel really bad for the guy that he specifically roars at because you get the the wonderfully nasty close up of Shrek's mouth and this very thick 
gloopy saliva like shooting out on this guy's face and he starts screaming in terror and you know some of that got in his mouth <laughs> true mm. that is gross but also i'm glad you mentioned this roar john because you know for the most part this movie's animation holds up it still looks pretty good there are so many moments where it so doesn't <laughs> but this is one of those moments because my note is here is this movie didn't have ogre gums texture budget no, it did not no <laughs> Not at all. No textures on these ogre gums. And then he's at this great moment. He's like, this is the part where you run away. And so they do. And Shrek gets a good chuckle out of that. To which I have that Shrek watched Mortal Kombat and learned from Johnny Cage. <laughs> <laughs> And he sees that they've dropped a, a wanted poster for fairy tale creatures. Um, what's that about? Well, we'll find out right now because cut to a group of knights paying various townsfolk money for their fairy tale creatures. Yeah, my note here is casual genocide in kids movie is casual. Oh, very casual, very very casual. Yeah, you got the, the no seven genocide happening here. Are you kidding? It's me? a relocation. That's what every genocidal dictator has said in history. Sure, that's how they start out. I'm just saying we're not there yet. It's merely a forced relocation. <laughs> just, just every that. genocide in history. Just that. Yeah, that's the preamble. So yeah, all these creatures, you know, from the seven dwarves to elves to fairies to witches, are all getting put in these paddy wagons. Wonderful little details as well. The uh, the seven dwarves are singing "He oh hi he prisoners are we." <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. That's, uh, that's amazing. We have Geppetto's selling Pinocchio into bondage. <laughs> I'm not a puppet, I'm a real boy! And then, whoop, <laughs> nose goes long. Possessed puppet, very good. Yes, yes, like five shillings for the possessed puppet. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we get the start of a really, really dark subplot in this movie. There's a few! I was surprised at how dark this movie actually was. So this is the first, last, and only time we are going to see the mama bear of the three bears from Goldilocks and the Three Bears. The first, last, and only time we will see her alive. But we will see a corpse. Yep, yep. Jules is right. Jules is right. <laughs> I missed the corpse, but um, I actually did watch this on DVD for this time and on the menu you have like the fairy tale and it is just daddy and baby bear also the special features menu is gingerbread man on a baking sheet and whenever you make a selection one of his legs gets snapped off oh we'll get to the gestapo no i'm just saying even the dvd (laughs) menus are dark and fucked up and i love it so the captain of the guard here the guy who's given out the shillings for the the fairy tale creatures uh played by jim cummings uh who is the modern voice actor for winnie the pooh so he's playing both sides <laughs> clearly well you would wouldn't you uh, he'll take disney's money and he'll take dreamworks money oh well, yeah he was also scar when was he scar uh you're thinking of jeremy Nine. irons yeah you're thinking of jeremy irons i'm pretty sure he did the song then i think jim cummings did be prepared we're gonna have to look into that i'm not sure I'm going to double check. Yeah, so this is where we meet uh, Donkey, the talking donkey played by Eddie Murphy, and his old lady owner is just kind of sick of his shit, I guess, because she's here to sell him. This is the first of the many abusive relationships that Donkey goes through in this movie. Oh my god, Donkey just, yeah, he needs to find better people in his life. He needs to shut the hell up is what he needs to do. Yeah, that's right, I'm going there. Both things can be true at the same time, but when she gets 
to the front. She's like, hey, I got a talking donkey. And uh, Captain of the Guard's like, well, uh, that's good for 10 shillings. You just got to make it talk. And Donkey's just realizes naturally that he, if he shuts the fuck up, he won't get sold. And so he does. And the old lady tries to do, you know, like a ventriloquist bit with him that totally fails. And I think they try to like get her out of the way, which inadvertently causes one of them to Tinker knock Bell. over Tinkerbell. Yeah. In a little cage and gets the fairy dust all over Donkey. He's like, oh, hey, I'm flying. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he's flying. And the guard's like, oh, wait a second. He's talking. <laughs> and a nice, nice little backhanded slap at Disney. Ain't never seen a donkey fly. <laughs> yeah, like, you may have seen a house fly, you may have seen a super fly, but I bet you've never seen a donkey fly. How is that a slap at Disney? Crows from Dumbo. It does sound like the crows from Dumbo. Eh, okay. Um, but yeah, Jim Cummings filled in. I guess Irons um, had voice problems for the song, so he did be prepared. And then he also voiced the hyena that wouldn't just stop laughing. Like, all he did was laugh the whole damn time. <laughs> Yeah, so the fairy dust wears off really fast and he's got to run away. But he doesn't have to run far because he literally runs into Shrek and hides behind him. And the guards try to arrest them both, but they know that it's stupid. Like... Yeah, the vast majority um, shit their pants and then disappear once the camera cuts away. Yeah, these these aren't very brave Gestapo officers. So yeah, they all run away. Uh, Donkey's very grateful for the help, so much so that he follows Shrek and won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Seriously, Donkey, my god. Absolutely on Team Shrek here. It's like, yes, I helped you out. Shut up and go away. I'm going my way. You find whatever it is that your way is. John, when you go to hell, you are absolutely getting a donkey that's going to follow you around for eternity. (laughs) I was so looking forward to hell, too. And we get another, a second fart joke when Shrek literally tries to hold Donkey's mouth closed and he starts talking about the time he ate rotten berries and he had some horrible smells coming out of his butt that time and it's just like, for fuck's sake, this is a good story. Why are you ruining it? It's for the the lowest form of comedy. Yeah, and 14-year-old me loved it. You like the fart jokes? Shame on 14-year-old you. Even a 14-year-old me didn't like those jokes. Well, excuse me, 14-year-old Jules. <laughs> he should be excused. I especially love this thing. You'll come across it with radio and like call-in shows where they'll ask the person to hold on and they'll clarify a point or ask another question or whatever. And they cut back to the caller who just had not stopped talking the whole fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> he cl- when Shrek clamps Donkey's mouth shut, he's still just rambling on his goddamn story for a while. Nope. And then release, he just picks right back up wherever he was. I- keeps following him and eventually Shrek turns are like hey man I'm a fucking ogre doesn't that bother you and Donkey's like nope doesn't bother me and Shrek kind of like lets his guard down it's the first time someone's been cool with him being an ogre and he tells Donkey his name I would like to point out though that and this has always bugged me in both movies and video games is why does the POV shot include a lens flare why do eyeballs have lens flares or why do filmmakers think eyeballs have lens flares dirty contact lenses <laughs> still doesn't create a fucking lens flare I don't know I, I guess it's one of those things where if the image is too clean the audience won't accept it true and now we've gotten to the point where like DPs and everything have gotten so good 
good at being able to reduce some of the people, add them back in, not just J.J. Abrams. But they did this wonderful thing with the perspective on Shrek, and then they add the lens flare, which kind of ruins it. Uh, I think it's fine. Secret J.J. Abrams. <laughs> so they reach Shrek's place, and Donkey is immediately like, man, what a shithole. Who the hell would live here? Well, I told you to fuck off and go somewhere else, but no. <laughs> Wouldn't shut up long enough to listen to me. Yeah, Shrek's pretty much like, hey, dickhead, that's my house. And Donkey reveals that he, uh, he used to work in interior design. He starts talking about how modest the budget is and uh, starts <laughs> pointing out features as he goes. Yeah, again, shut the fuck up, quit trying to flatter me, and go away. He's like, I like that boulder. That's a nice boulder. Fuck <laughs> off. Donkey. <laughs> that light always tickled fuck me. Off. <laughs> it I mean, is a great off. line, though. It it's, is yeah. a great line. <laughs> so Donkey pleads with Shrek to let him stay. And if Shrek's like, fine, you can stay with me for one night. And by with me, <laughs> I mean... You get to sleep outside, motherfucker. <laughs> you can stay in the general vicinity of my hut. <laughs> yeah, Donkey rushes in. He thinks he's going to stay inside. He's like, gets out of Shrek's chair. And he's like, oh, man, we're going to stay up late. We're going to tell stories. And in the morning, I'm making waffles. I think I would have to melt a little bit right there. And it's like, oh, oh shit. We got waffles coming? All right. You would have drawn the line at swapping manly stories. For waffles, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably negotiate some blueberries into the deal. What would you do for waffles? Blueberry waffles? Hell of a lot. Important philosophical question. Especially since I don't have a waffle iron, I am really curious how he's going to pull this off. <laughs> well, in this universe as well, we don't know that Shrek's got a waffle iron. Pretty sure he doesn't. <laughs> Is Donkey going to forge a waffle iron explicitly for the purpose of making waffles the next day? That's the only possible way this could probably happen. Shrek preserves the eyes from his from his prey. He's not gonna <laughs> have like baking supplies. Are you fucking kidding me? You get another look at the jar of eyeballs as he's preparing dinner that night. He uses one as an olive in his martini, as we mentioned before. And yeah, the question begs, does he viciously murder and eat humans in the nearby town? Or is he a grave robber? Okay, no los dos. <laughs> or he just hunts down animals and yoinks their eyes out. Like, And more importantly, why does he have two dining chairs? Again, it came as a set. You don't think he built it? You think he works with... No. You think he has an interior designer? Oh, definitely not. He went to Fantasy Ikea. <laughs> he a set of chairs and a table. So yeah, a donkey's just kind of chilling outside because he's been booted out <laughs> because he's not staying, you know, as we mentioned, not actually staying with Shrek, but staying near him. So Shrek sits down to eat a nice meal of gross things. He's interrupted by the three blind mice just showing up, fucking around with his Stuff. One of them tries to bite, well, actually succeeds in biting his ear, thinking that it's cheese because it probably smells bad. And then the seven dwarves put Snow White on the table. She's in her glass coffin. And another just wonderful, wonderful line. Wonderful line, yeah. Dead broad off the table. I mean, <laughs> my note was if I had a dime for every time I had to tell Nick that at a dinner party. <laughs> But then the best comeback too. Well, where else are we supposed to put her? The bed's taken. <laughs> Decorum states you leave your corpses on the bed. <laughs> also, Jules, it's really hard keeping broads alive, and I wish you'd stop being so judgy. <laughs> 
god. Oh dear. But yeah, then he goes to his bedroom and it's he finds the wolf dressed as Granny uh, with the most hilarious simple line. What? <laughs> uh remember this wolf for the end he has a very happy ending i'll get to it so he throws the wolf out uh the happy ending not quite here yet only to find this densely packed squatter camp full of fairy tale creatures in his backyard they've turned shrek swamp into auschwitz or just like a refugee camp yeah i was going for refugee camp slash reservation yeah i didn't see any arbeit macht fry signs anywhere yeah there's no walls no fences they've only just been moved there it takes it takes a, a bit of time and a little more progress into world war ii for it to actually start happening come on we see glimpses of it later on you are way too well versed in the protocols of forced relocation i am uncomfortable <laughs> I know history. And this is where we see the next phase of the morbid story of the three bears because the little baby bear is crying into Papa Bear's shoulders and Mama Bear is nowhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I totally missed that. Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's so subtle. It's so subtle. I've still got the DVD in. I'll pull it up when we take a break because I need a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> dead bear, dead mama bears. I get it. They are hilarious. The new dead baby joke is the dead mama bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually more of just the um, sad crying children. <laughs> more of what brought me joy. It's like, get the fuck out of my swamp. And Pinocchio's there, like, well, gosh, we don't want to be here. <laughs> then one of the three little pigs, who, by the way, has like a yellow plastic construction hat on for reasons I don't know why. It's like, yeah, Lord Farquaad sent us here. He huffed and he puffed and he signed an eviction notice. I think the construction hat is because he's probably building so many houses. He's probably the one with the brick house, most likely. That would make sense. And so Shrek is just like, oh, okay, fine. Fuck, uh, I gotta deal with this. Uh, does anybody know where to find Lord Farquaad? And the baby bear starts to raise his paw, and the papa bear is like, no, no, puts his paw down. Just like, no, you're not, you're not gone. <laughs> and so Donkey, he's just doing it like, oh, me, pick me, pick me, pick me. It's like, all right. Does anybody else know <laughs> where Lord Farquaad is? And everyone's just deadly silent. Anybody at all? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, he's got to give up, and he's like, "All right, fuck, fine. I'll take, I'll take the goddamn donkey. All right, just nobody get comfortable. Your welcome has already been worn out. I'm gonna go talk to this Farcon guy and get this sorted out." And he gets a response that he was not expecting because they all start cheering. Him. They are so ridiculously overjoyed at this. Yes. Yep. <laughs> to clarify, Shrek doesn't give a rat's ass about any one of them. Not even the hummingbirds that put down a cape of flowers around his shoulders. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was another right. fuck you to Disney. It was just like, fuck <laughs> you, bluebirds. Get the fuck out of it. Oh, there's a bigger fuck you to bluebirds later. We're, we're going to get there. Oh, oh there's God, yes. so many. Not to mention that the guy who runs the very Disneyland-esque city, his name's almost Fuckwad. There's no way that's a coincidence. Come on. <laughs> That did not occur to me. That is amazing. That never <laughs> occurred to you? Holy shit. This entire movie is desperately trying to say swear words as much as possible. They managed to drop two asses in into the, into the dialogue. 
It wants to swear. It really wants to swear at kids. I love it. I want to see a rated R Shrek movie. Make one for the adults. Make ones for the, the OGs who watched it when they were young and are now adults. We've earned it, DreamWorks. We've fucking earned it. So, yeah, Shrek and Donkey head off on their quest. <laughs> Donkey starts singing Willie Nelson's On the Road again. And Shrek's like, no, you are not fucking singing this entire time. And the Donkey's like, hey, what if I hummed it? He's like, fine, you can hum the damn song. So he I'll hums. hum it. I'll whistle it. I'm like, he can't not be quiet though my brother had a similar thing or he he just like very very loudly would burst into song or <laughs> and one time my mom finally convinced him to just sing it in his head and after about like five seconds he was like but i can't stand it it's annoying like that it's like no shit <laughs> Picturing your brothers like Curly from Oklahoma just bursts into a room and goes, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Weirdly hates musicals, though. <laughs> Go figure. So cut to evil milk pouring to spooky organ music. <laughs> <laughs> I totally misremembered this scene. I didn't remember anything about the milk, which I thought was hilarious and inspired. And I... I thought that the gingerbread man was whole and you actually got to see his legs get ripped off. For some reason, I remembered it working out that way, but no, they're already gone for Lithgow to do the taunting. The milk is being poured out by this guy at an executioner's hood. He's great. Uh, keep an eye on this character throughout the movie. This is other me in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Thelonious. But what I do want to say is that waterboarding, dismembered victims' legs, this is exactly the kind of stuff I want in my kids' movie. Right? Wait. Isn't it hilarious? <laughs> we have forced relocation. We have enhanced interrogation techniques. Ah. <laughs> Beautiful. So we also meet Lord Farquaad, played by John Lithgow. God, I love John Lithgow. He He's... does it so well. This intro to the character is fantastic because it's so ominous and the camera starts below him and then this beautiful, not over-elaborate reveal of how short he is. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's just a camera perspective and then he walks forward and he's half the size of his gods. So much so when he walks into the torture room, he has to have the guard lower the table that's suspended <laughs> yes. on chains down so he can see the gingerbread man on the tray oh and then this is fucked up speaking of fucked up torture like as we mentioned the gingerbread man's legs are already torn off so he picks up the gingerbread man's legs and like fingers you know fingers and thumbs in either hand he starts making the move and he goes run 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 as fast as you can you can't catch me i'm the gingerbread man oh god i love that that's just, you're that a is monster so twisted <laughs> It's so, so twisted, funny. I love it. But then it gets extra twisted because when he talks about how much like the fairy tale creatures were fucking up his perfect kingdom, he takes one of the legs and just crushes it into crumbs and just casually drops the crumbs on the ground. Oh yeah, he is so delightfully evil and over the top, and it is still only a fraction of his hamminess from Santa Claus. I just needed to watch Nick die a little. I had to mention that movie again. We also got the famous Muffin Man bit. God, again, more brilliance. They treated the Muffin Man song as a dialogue. How fucking <laughs> amazing is that? 
How fucking amazing is that? Seriously. And he gets he gets the gingerbread man to give up the muffin man. You know, he's already torn his legs off, but it's the second he goes for his gumdrop buttons. Oh, he's it's like, the muffin man's wife, though. Yeah, but he doesn't give it up until he like he can't walk now. And he's like still de- he's defiant. But as soon as you go for his fucking gumdrop buttons, it's like, no. Not the gumdrop buttons. <laughs> Fashion being a lot more important than your limbs. Apparently, yeah. damn. You can always bake new legs. Come on. He's like, do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The one who lives on Drury Lane? Yes, I do know the Muffin Man who lives on Drury Lane. <laughs> <laughs> she's well, married, she's to, married the to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! The Muffin Man! <laughs> She's married to the Muffin Man. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's so it's... good. Also, fun fact about Los Angeles: uh, we have a Drury Lane. There is a Drury Drury Lane in Los Angeles. Somebody took the Muffin Man <laughs> song and decided to make it real in There's Los Angeles. Drury Inn and Suites in places. <laughs> but is there a Muffin Man on Drury Lane? That is the question. No, it's a residential area. I mean, maybe people make muffins on Drury Lane. I think. Um, you'd have to put that into the HOA. (laughs) You live on Drury Lane. You are required to bake muffins. So the captain of the guard bursts in. He's like, my lord, we found it. And it turns out to be a magic mirror with the most weird, like, you know, when you go to a theater and you see like the comedy face mask and the tragedy face mask, it's like that one of those came to life. That is the dude in the magic mirror. Well, that's what they did for Cinderella. That's why. Yeah, exactly. It's ah. the, uh, well, um, Snow White, Snow White. Snow White, yeah, sorry, yes. That's what I was going to get to as well. It's the copyright safe version of the magic mirror <laughs> from Disney. <laughs> And he doesn't want to answer Farquaad's questions. <laughs> and so he has the executioner hold up a tiny hand mirror and just punch it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Falcon punch. It's brilliant. No, no, it's casual. This is not Falcon punch. <laughs> and you get the sense that this guy could have accomplished that with just like flicking it with his finger man. <laughs> it takes no effort at all yeah i did want to see more of the thelonious story i have to say because he needs his own spinoff <laughs> lord farquaad asked the magic mirror you know mirror mirror on the wall which is the most perfect kingdom of them all and he's like, well, technically it's not a kingdom because you're not a king. Uh, and that's when the mirror gets punched. But, but, but you totally could be. Just, just, just marry a princess. And is that really how becoming king works? Yeah. In Shrek world, yes. Don't think about it. Um, and in Disney world. That's the point. Well, yeah, because Jasmine must be married to a prince. One of the things, because I love the Bachelorette sequence. It's just as beautiful. <laughs> In the dating game. Throw outside. But I do have to nitpick, and I hate nitpicking good movies, but Cinderella was not a princess. But she became one by marrying a princess. Exactly. So he couldn't have picked her to be a princess to to become a prince because she's not a princess. But she's a Disney princess and she's a no like a well known name. I get what you're going for, but Well, actually I'm running with the fact that because the images already showed like the loss of the slipper and, and stuff like that her story had already concluded and so for some reason either her husband died or Farquaad's option is just to steal her (laughs) 
I mean, Snow White is still asleep in her hermetically sealed glass coffin. He claimed that that's her hobby is cleaning for evil stepsisters, so <laughs> clearly she's still in that hell. Yes, hobbies in very strong air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> My hobby is getting paid a wage for labor that I perform. None of us get paid wages. <laughs> Do what you love. Not, not at this. But it's it's so brilliant the way it's like you know here we got Snow White don't let the, her dead lips fool you she's got a she's a hot t- ticket like that kind of thing just Sleeping Beauty yeah. Sleeping Beauty they're like okay okay you know uh, Lord Farquaad and the guards are weighing their options but the third option is Princess Fiona who's in a castle surrounded by lava but don't let that cool you off it's, God it's amazing you know she loves pina, pina coladas, coladas and getting caught in the rain and getting caught in the rain and yes they do play the song (laughs) and despite the fact that she is objectively the hardest one to get to yeah seriously yeah and uh she he takes advice from Thelonious of all people yes because they're like you know all right you know so which one do you want lord farquaad bachelorette number one bachelorette number two or bachelorette number three and all the guards are starting to call out their numbers and yeah Thelonious has the best because he holds up two fingers and says free my lord pick free lord farquaad succumbs to peer pressure and picks number three he picks fiona because an idiot and a fucking executioner mask said free pick free my lord and again we have to nitpick a good movie but we have the cliche i don't have time to listen to significant information cliche because the mirror says i should probably mention something that happens at night silence yeah it was so close to an exact there's no time (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah he just doesn't give a shit what the magic mirror has to say to this point and he says captain assemble your finest men because they're gonna have a tournament. Uh, so Shrek and Donkey arrive at Disneyland. Sorry, I mean Duloc. Uh, Duloc <laughs> is the name of the city. It's not Disneyland, but it's set up like Disneyland. It's an obvious ripoff of Disneyland. Yeah, there's a roped off queue area. Like just to enter the city with a, uh, a, a sign for how long the wait is and then turnstiles and everything. Giant oversized mask guy who's who's watching the doors. Yeah. Mascot guy, but also there's parking lots, giant parking lots outside the city, and there's signs saying you are parked in Lancelot. Lancelot. So this guy, the mascot, who's dressed up as Lord Farquaad, this giant, I guess, fiberglass head, because when he bonks himself and knocks himself out, it does sound like a fiberglass thing knocking against something. And so they go in and it's the, the place is pristine. It's manicured. There's a flower picture of Lord Farquaad, kind of like how there's a flower picture of Mickey at the entrance of Disneyland. It's almost it's, like they're trying to tell us something. I know. With Lord Farquaad. <laughs> Again, to nitpick, it's quiet, too quiet, cliche. Line has to come, which yeah. is kind of mm-hmm. irritating. But they get redeemed. They get redeemed with the best location song ever. <laughs> We almost get our first ass. Exactly. We almost get our first ass of the movie, yeah. They tease you with it. (laughs) Yeah, so basically they see uh, an information kiosk. um, They're like, okay, well, we'll we'll pull the lever next to the information kiosk. Maybe that'll tell us what's going on. And then we get an It's a Small World ripoff as the thing opens and these tiny little creatures, like not creatures, like I don't know. They're South Park Canadians. Yeah, so they're South Park Canadians. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's <laughs> very accurate. We're flapping heads. Um, singing a song about Duloc. Welcome to Duloc, such a perfect place. Here we have some rules. Let's lay them down. Yeah, basically, be nice and polite. Don't litter. Basically, yeah, fall in line. It's a sort of dystopian song yes. about Duloc being basically a brutal dictatorship. And then they, they tease you with uh, wiping your ass, but then they say face at the last minute. Shine your shoes, wipe your face <laughs> keep off the grass wipe your shoes wipe your face yep. and during like this lead up to this is this the first time they see the giant castle and shrek's like oh you think this lord farquaad yep. is competent yep yeah okay. yeah when they're walking up after the song it takes a photo of them and the expressions on shrek and donkey are fantastic <laughs> they are quite fat because they're so confused about what they saw and then donkey's and then, like yeah as much as donkey annoys me i i, I loved this moment where he's just like because they're both confused to all hell and then all of a sudden he's like let's do it again <laughs> and Jack's like no, no no absolutely not but yeah i like to think this is the og everything is awesome song from the lego movie it was <laughs> It really was the original, just dystopian, everything is awful to an upbeat. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of see what you're getting at there. So they hear some trumpets and cheering coming from a nearby arena, so they go to check it out. <laughs> and to speak to the catchiness of the two donkeys humming it, and Shrek is just not having it. He turns and be like, you're going the right way for a smack bottom. Yeah, my note to this is how my foreplay lines ended up in the script of this movie. I'll never know. <laughs> and so Lord Farquaad is there and he's talking to his would-be champions about how the winner will go out and fight the dragon. And if he gets killed, the next one will go and so on and so forth. And then we get one of the most memed moments of the movie because he says, some of you you may die, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> what an asshole! It's great! The best part of this, and this is something that doesn't translate in the meme, is that Jonathan Lithgow's delivery of this line is so perfect. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Chef's kiss. And what I love is that the audience in the crowd, like the crowd is treated like a studio audience because there's guys holding signs telling them how they should react to every moment. Oh, the uh, cue cards. Yeah, the cue cards. Yeah. I didn't see those here. I mean, they're definitely later on. Yeah, but I didn't see No, this is here. where they start. This is our first cool. encounter. No, cool. Cool. But back to the uh, some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. I'm wondering if that's something you, anyone says when they abandon children. <laughs> Why would you bother saying anything to them? <laughs> Okay, so we have two different styles of abandoning children. And for you <laughs> listeners, uh, that is came organically from a previous episode. It means to jerk off. I was about um, to say, I was talking about the legally blonde version of abandoning children. Of course they're going to die. What do you mean there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shrek comes in and there's kind of a gasp. Lord Farquaad kind of changes his mind. It's actually, you know what? Whoever kills the ogre gets to go off and fight a dragon. Great prize for killing, fighting an ogre. Uh, so cue fight scene to bad reputation by Halfcocked. Just a lot of the shit getting beaten out of it's knights. W a lot of W yeah, WWE a lot of pro wrestling moments. Yep. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to be like a paddock for animals, but it 
just turned into a wrestling ring and the crowd's digging it. The crowd's digging the show that Shrek's putting on. Yeah, at first they're disappointed by the fact that Shrek is beating the living shit out of all of the knights. But once he starts, you know, bouncing them off ropes and pile driving and whatnot, they, yeah, they get into it. Yeah, and uh, I do want to mention as well that now we, uh, we also have a beer reference. Uh, Shrek chugs an entire pint and then pours beer out on everyone. So now we have some um, some good alcohol references for our kids' movie, which I just want to say is a fantastic base for a lot of alcoholics, including myself. Yeah, he starts the fight by smacking the tap off a giant keg and like flooding the arena with beer. The tap, by the way, that was made out of wood. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, that's a very splintery beer you're going to have. Not if you have good craftsmanship. Yeah, so the, the fight ends with, you know, Shrek's just finished chucking one of the last night into the corner of the arena, and Donkey kicks him in the helmet, and that's kind of sounds like a closing bell, and he's Yeah, the crap so out I of have everyone. Donkey just fucking murdered that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, the corpses are piling up after the Shrek eyeballs in the jar. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going home with some more jar eyeballs. But here's where we get to a point where I have a huge question. Because Farquaad makes the order for everyone to point their crossbows at Shrek. Yeah, what is up with that? Why is Farquaad sending knights one at a time to rescue the princess, as opposed to sending an army? He is genre savvy and knows that that's the way these rescues must be uh, undertaken. But he's just the guy who clearly just takes what he wants no matter what. There's still rules too forced in my opinion look he's already not doing it himself <laughs> exactly yeah he's got nothing to lose by sending yeah knights one to one one by one to their deaths send it send an army that's just you know gonna give you more odds of getting the princess back to you he no read the book i don't beforehand. think so i think if you uh harry and harass the dragon one at a time see if you send a whole army you can just you know one fell swoop take them all out you gotta go one at a time to systematically wear down the defense <laughs> Because tactical idiocy. I will not use his real name, by the way, because clearly (laughs) Fuckwad has spent that much time thinking about this. So anyways, uh, Lord Farquaad, Lord Fuckwad, however you want to pronounce his name, he's realized that this ogre's a crowd pleaser, so he's not going to kill him. He's in fact going to crown Shrek their champion, and he's going to send him on a quest. And he's like, quest? I'm already on a fucking quest. Like, what What the hell? You know, I just want my swamp back. You put all these fucking fairy tale creatures there. And so Lord Fuckwad's like, okay, look, I'll make you a deal. Go rescue the princess, and I will move all the squatters off your land. Yep, and it'll be just like it was before. We're going to leave it untouched we're not gonna fuck with your land it's gonna be yours he's gonna send them straight to the gas chamber dude all you have to do is leave them there to go through shrek's morning routine (laughs) (laughs) so shrek obviously takes the deal because he starts walking out into you know on a quest and ducky points out how bullshit this whole thing and he's like hey man you're going to go rescue a princess to get land back for a guy who's the reason why you don't have your land and he's like yeah well what the fuck did you want me to do he's like do some of that ogre shit. Oh, you wanted me to go like just slaughter that entire town? Oh, maybe, maybe not. 
Well, the, the, this Shrek line just doesn't make any sense. You know, he talks about putting their heads on pikes, and he's, when we've clearly seen, he just, instead of putting all their heads on pikes, he just takes their eyeballs for his martinis. And he also makes sure to shave their livers, so, We have know. not seen what he does with the heads after removing the eyes. It's true. You don't need eyeballs in a head that you put on a pike. Eyes are not necessary for that. Shrek's like, look, donkey, ogres are a lot more complicated than people think. And Donkey's like, well, how are they complicated? And Shrek just happens to be holding an onion. Like, this is a famous ogres are like onions metaphor. <laughs> yes, this this moment, very famous. He's like, look, ogres are like onions. And Donkey's like, oh, they're stinky? They make people cry? <laughs> <laughs> you leave them out in the sun too long, they turn they brown turn and brown. grow little, little white hairs. They grow little white hairs. <laughs> and he's like, no, they have layers. Onions have layers. Like, oh. He's like, yeah, well, more people like cake and they have layers. He's like, I don't give a fuck what most people like. And Donkey does not get the point. Because <laughs> like, he's like, he gets the point. I, I think he gets the point, but he just wants to be like, there's better metaphors here, Shrek. No, but he continues along the line of, but you know what else most people like? Parfait. And look, parfait's nice, but it's not as good as Donkey is like touting it to be. Anyone else get distracted at the fact that Shrek is defining all ogres like himself? He starts to sound really egotistical at this point. I like mean, he knows all ogres. He starts making generalizations about them. Wouldn't he know better than you? Better than me, sure. But yeah. I'm sure All there right. are other there ogres go. out there who might disagree. Parfait's good, but it's not that good. Like, he keeps, like, railing on about Parfait. I'm ambivalent towards Parfait. It's more of a weird thing to say. It's not, like, a delightfully odd word. It's still tasty. I just don't like the word. Fair enough. Because it's not perfect. Uh, so cue the shortest walking montage I think I've ever seen. <laughs> to the Proclaimer song that no one's ever heard before this movie. And I just didn't pay any notice to the song because I was too busy being distracted by Donkey pissing out the campfire in the morning. He just raises his legs and pisses out the campfire. I'd never noticed that before. I was just like, what the? This isn't a kid's movie. Just straight up donkey piss. Donkey is man. Man put out fire by peeing. <laughs> Don't get invited back. <laughs> yeah, Donkey's not getting ba invited exactly. back to the barbecue. Exactly. Listen to our friend's episode if you don't get the reference. So very soon, they're at a very menacing mountain with swirling cl dark clouds above. And as they climb the mountain, uh, Donkey thinks that Shrek farted. Another fart joke. It's like, listen, Donkey, if it were me... You'd be dead. Which has me wondering why Shrek has not in been intentionally farting this whole time. If he hates Donkey <laughs> that much. But he's not a murderer. Actually, he is. Yes, I, I, he I take is. that back. Yes, I he take that back. Is. He is a murderer. He's a murderer, and we're going to see him murder something later. He just doesn't do it wantonly with no cause. It's true. He's a likable serial killer. Most of them are. It's true. That's how Ted Bundy got all his victims. So, yeah, they, they tend to be very charismatic, actually. Only the ones we hear about. <laughs> well, you can come to our group night. I mean, <clears throat> never mind. <laughs> Book club. Book club. <laughs> We read serialized books. That's and we kill it while we're doing it. Yeah, we are yeah, really good that's, that's serialized it. book readers. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we've yeah. been killing eighties, nineties, and early two thousands movies for the last year, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah should have seen it coming so hey they found the castle but they have to cross a rickety rope bridge over a pit of lava to get there and donkey is scared shitless after another real estate joke by shrek yeah one that i didn't find funny and i think donkey didn't laugh and i don't think we're supposed to laugh he's like it's big but look at the location and it's like cool bro cool 
Google, There's a Google. lot of real estate references in this movie. I do actually like Donkey's line, you know, when Shrek's like, you can't tell me you're afraid of heights. He says, no, I'm just a little uncomfortable on a rickety bridge over a lake of molten lava. That would concern me as well if I had to cross something like that. Yeah, no, for me, it's more heights. I don't care what the bridge is over. I would not want to be crossing this thing. My point is, is that Donkey's not Donkey's not cowardly. He's just a human being. Well, well a donkey, but... No, he's not. He's an traits. ass. <laughs> As they end up going over the bridge, Shrek is such an asshole when they get to halfway through. He basically <laughs> yeah. turns into everyone's asshole sibling and does this, okay, do it, and then basically terrifies Donkey to the other side. Yeah, that's what he does, because Donkey gets freaked out because Shrek tells him, look, just I'll be right behind you. Don't look down. And one of the the slats gives way and Donkey ends up looking down. He's like, Shrek, I'm looking down. And he wants to go back to the safe half, even though, you know, they're halfway through. He wants to go back to the safe part. And that's when Shrek does the bad sibling thing and rocks the bridge. And my note is here, the rickety bridge snaps because Shrek is a moron and they both die. <laughs> Very weird ending. <laughs> it's not going to be the only time they die at the castle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so eventually, you know, Doggy's freaking out and he's like, doesn't realize that he's backed up all the way to the other side. So there was method in Shrek's dickness. Yeah, that's the basis of the, um, you know, it's like, oh, you were an asshole. You treated me like shit. Blah, blah. Yeah, and you came out better because of it. Like, Donkey yeah. should be grateful for this. My note to this is that Donkey's gone from one abusive relationship to another, and we, we're about to get to the third. God, we are. Yeah, Donkey is so willing to forgive, because as soon as he realized that he's safe on the other side, and, like, Shrek was doing this on purpose. Oh, and Shrek says, that'll do, Donkey, that'll do. Babe reference. That he does. Condescendingly pats him on the cheek. Donkey's just like, cool. Completely forgives him, just lets it go, and... Off they go. So they walk through the abandoned castle and they're encountering all the skeletons of the knights that failed to rescue the princess before. More dismembered legs. These this time it's human. This is gleefully dark. Love it. I don't know if you could do this these days. You should be able to, though. Fucking kids these days. Fucking parents these days who, like, yeah, grew up seriously. with this shit and then won't let their kids watch it. So Donkey bumps into one of the skeletons and accidentally gets the helmet on his head and Shrek takes it from him and some other pieces of armor. Tells Donkey to go find some stairs because the princess will be in the highest room in the tallest tower call back and meanwhile shrek is gonna go find the dragon he's like you go find the princess i'll go find the dragon meet back here but uh-oh donkey's the one that finds godzilla i mean the dragon right godzilla eye moment or godzilla eye moment. i mean godzilla eye moment it is not godzilla <laughs> Go fuck yourself. It's go fuck yourself. No one called me a moron. I'm actually very disappointed. Yeah, it's it's the eyeball moment from Godzilla. And cue a dragon chase um, out into a courtyard right under the tower. Shrek tries to grab the dragon by the tail, which is always a good move, and gets launched up into the, the tower. So this leaves Donkey gets trapped on a bridge. And the dragon slaps away at either side until he's kind of just on this one column, trapped. And he starts to 
try and bullshit his way out of being a midnight snack. <laughs> and winds up flirting with the dragon. Who's yes. into this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we find out that, hey, this is actually a girl dragon. And you know that because of the lipstick and the eyelashes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am so curious about this dragon's makeup habits. <laughs> what does she use? Where does it come from? How is there that much of it? <laughs> And who is she prettying up for? <laughs> uh, herself, okay. She doesn't need a man to get gussied up for. I don't see any mirrors. <laughs> it's true. Felonius probably punched them all. The shiny reflection <laughs> of the lava? Dragons have lava vision? I don't know. I do know that that lava looks a hell of a lot better than the explosions in Deep Blue Sea and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I can say that much. <laughs> I mean, that's not a hard bar to clear. But yeah, so she comes into the light. You know, we see she's a lady dragon. And so, yeah, Donkey starts turning on the charm like, ooh, what big teeth you have and those feminine wiles. And the dragon blows a heart-shaped smoke ring around Donkey to kind of signal her intentions. And Donkey's like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I am not looking for a physical relationship. I'm not, you know, I'm asthmatic. This is never going to work out. And she just picks him up by the tail and dra- takes him inside the castle to uh, sexually assault him. That's not a joke. You will find out later. No, that is absolutely what happens in this movie. Well, before we get there, we got to return to Shrek, who's in Fiona's room in the highest room in the tallest tower. Uh, He dusts himself off and, you know, he's kind of facing away from the bed where Fiona is. And Fiona's like, oh, shit, now's my time to shine. (laughs) Gets her, you know, pats herself down to straighten out her dress. Yeah, Fiona knows her tropes and cliches, man. She has been waiting for this for year, for her whole life, basically. So she's over-romanticized it in her head. Absolutely. She oh, would yeah. be she would be on Bridezilla's. <laughs> she has everything worked out of how this rescue should go and when they have their true love kiss and what the wedding's going to be like. Yeah. She's got it all worked out. But yeah, Shrek just shakes her awake and says he's got to save his ass. Pretty much. Yeah, because it's, it's such a great moment because like all this angelic music plays and you're just, you know, the kind of thing where before the romantic kiss would happen. And wake, he just up! Sh- wake up! Wake <laughs> up! <laughs> and she's like, hey, oh, hey, Brave Knights, is this our first meeting? You want to you wanna do something romantic? Nope, we got to get out of here. And She's just uh, like, my- no, lady, I got a job to do. Come on. <laughs> uh, my note here in all caps is John. <laughs> that is my note. You're just not John. wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> so yeah, like they're running down the stairs on the goddamn entitlement from this chick. Like she's just like, hey, what? This is not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be romantic. You know, I, I want a romantic gesture. How about a, a poem? A, you know, a sonnet, a limerick. There once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually she's like, all right, just fuck it. Your name, just your name. But give me your name and I will I will let that be the thing. He's like, my name is Shrek. All right, Sir Shrek. Well, as a noble gesture, like she like, gives him her hanky and he's just like thanks and wipes his brow and hands it back it's like super dirty it's amazing and finds out that he hasn't slain the dragon because that's how it's supposed to go and this is where the entitlement gets 
fucking bloodthirsty and like sociopathic. All the other knights ran in and bravely faced the dragon. He's like, yeah, and they all got burned to a fucking crisp. <laughs> he says, pointing to the charred remains of knights who have come before him. And you have like the the silhouette of where they got burned because that's the non-scorched part of the wall. Yes, it's, it's like amazing. a reverse shadow happening. Yeah, and she doesn't give a fuck because no. you know it's like that's no. not the she's like well that's not the point it's like no lady that's the entire point <laughs> yeah because in her mind they obviously weren't her true love so they weren't important enough whoever slays the dragon and rescues her that is the one i love this visual gag that comes in now because they run it they're now in a room with a giant cauldron and a giant book open up to a recipe for nightly treats <laughs> So the dragon clearly has like a cookbook for knights and shows like the choice cuts. That's because she's like, a good woman and those are places in the kitchen. <laughs> the makeup and the cooking is to attract a man. Yes, that is what the dragon is trying to do. For eating later. Yes. You gotta lure him in. It's that charismatic serial killer thing we were talking about earlier. And so he starts moving towards the door and Fiona says to him, hey, no, the exit's over there. And he's like, well, I got to save my ass. Ah, That's how they got it in. That's how they got it in. That's how they got the first one in. And so she's like, what kind of knight are you? And as he goes through the door, he turns back to her, gives a tip of the old helmet and says, one of a kind. So Shrek walks in on the dragon sexually assaulting Donkey on her dragon's horde. Holy fucking shit. And Donkey is basically trying to pull a no means no. Yep. No means no, dragon. And I will point out that this is probably the first selfless thing that Shrek has done all movie. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure why he's so uh, intent on saving Donkey, to be honest. (laughs) I don't get it. No, yeah, he could have just run off with Fiona, got his swamp back, and end of story, but I guess he feels some sort of I mean, to make the character likable for the audience, I guess? (laughs) Yeah. So getting back to Donkey, he's like, look, uh, I'm not ready for a physical relationship. You know, this is not a good time for me. And then she just, like, not listening, blow, like, lights a chandelier above them, pinning that chandelier, and then starts Giving him a fucking blowjob, I think, is the implication because he says, that's my tail. That's my personal tail. You're going to rip it off. I do not give permission to like fucked up between this and 40 days and 40 nights was just like men getting raped a joke in the early 2000s. Um, I believe what you're referring to is known as fun for the whole family. Thank you very much. <laughs> God, was this revenge for all like the rape jokes in the 80s towards women? Like, what the fuck is this shit? Early 2000s, you're fucked up. Oh, God. It's called equality. (laughs) We're not going to change shitty behavior and make ourselves better. We're just going to, you know, spread the love around, so to speak. Yeah, we're going to distribute the shittiness equally. Gotta love humanity. Anyways, um, so Shrek comes down on the spool chain that was that's attached to the chandelier, uh, dislodges Donkey out of the coiled tail of the dragon just as she's coming down to give him a smooch, but inadvertently kisses Shrek's ass. 
not super happy about this, as you might imagine. Uh, so the dragon gets very angry. The chandelier falls on the dragon's neck. So it's kind of like a collar around her neck and snags the princess on the way out, slides down a column. And is the implication here, because there's kind of a gap in the col- between one portion of the column to the other, this like collapsed column that's at an angle. Are they implying that Shrek snagged his balls? Yes. On the way down. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, because he gets, he goes like, oh. Yeah, so Shrek snags his balls. It's confirmed now. And runs out. So now they're in this giant hall with all these columns. And there's the Scooby-Doo-esque running around the chain getting, you know, crisscrossed amongst all these columns. Yeah, I was just waiting for the chain to run out and for it to do that cartoony, like, snap to a stop. Yeah, we're not quite there yet. Because... No, it doesn't happen, though. That's my point. Like, for it just to get tangled up and that's it. Like, that's how they would escape. But it's not even that yet. They have There's one more element to the puzzle because Shrek sends Donkey and Fiona out and he takes a sword he finds and he pins it in the chain and that's supposed to anchor the whole thing and it's not and um yeah they're gonna they're gonna die oh they're absolutely gonna because die because it's a small sword and a dragon is clearly more powerful than a small sword you clearly yeah. not the evidence is right there it just showed you so slow-mo chase down a hallway with uh shrek fiona and donkey and this is a reference to the worst parts of crash bandicoot games the ones where you've got to like run away from a boulder <laughs> towards you those were the worst levels and got triggered from this no the worst ones are when you're going along the thin broken suspension bridge <laughs> Those are the fucking worst. You got to get very precise with your platform. Well, they're going to need to get very precise with their platforming here because they run out across the the rickety bridge and flame from the dragons burns off the anchors at the end that's hooked to the castle side. They fall against the wall like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And it looks like the dragon might have them. It's going to fly out to get them. Well, the dragon will have them because that sword is not going to hold her back. But again, clearly it does. First, it's ogre personalities. Now you are grossly misrepresenting the strength of dragons. You got to slow your roll, man. <laughs> Never. So yeah, it gets yoinked back so it can't fly past the, the edge of the, the cliff. And that's when the dragon just shot them with fire and the movie ended here because they were definitely within fire breath range yeah no shit what was with this whole giving up and it looks like the dragon kind of lets herself die because she's hovering there for a bit and then just stops flapping her wings and falls out of frame has a little cry yeah it's almost like her contract says like she can't kill anyone past a certain point like there's like there's reunion rules or something (laughs) dragon union it's like yeah i did not agree to kill anyone past the bounds once you make it to the other side of the fire lake you are safe (laughs) yeah they don't pay me enough to kill anyone past there So they come down the mountain and uh, Fiona wants Shrek to take off his helmet so they can have a kiss. And Shrek's like, well, that wasn't in the job description. Donkey's like, well, maybe it's a perk, you know? She tells them, you know, look, this is how it's all supposed to be. It's supposed to end with true love's first kiss. And Shrek and Donkey just start laughing as they're like, oh, (laughs) she's like, (laughs) wait, do you think Shrek's your true love? (laughs) Amazing. 
she just like yells at them after losing her patience. Like he eventually relents and takes his helmet off. Oh, another wonderful me moment where she's begging him. He's like, "No, seriously, you don't want me to do this." You know, <laughs> usually it's I have some weird twisted thought and I start laughing and I tell people they don't want to know and they won't stop fucking prying. And then when I tell them. They get mad because now they're offended or grossed out or whatever. Yeah, that's like, on them. They kept you pushing. had 12 fucking warnings. <laughs> yeah, so she's very disappointed that he's an ogre. And he says, well, what were you expecting, Prince Charming? And she's like, well, fucking yeah, I was expecting Prince Charming. You know, this is not how this was all supposed to happen. She was not supposed to be with an ogre. Yeah, it's the rules. Ogreism. <laughs> Ogreist. <laughs> oh, the, yes just not prince charming is the problem <laughs> but we'll learn a little bit more about why she's upset about the whole ogre thing yeah, yeah. well we're, we're, we're gonna get there but he tells her that look i i didn't come to rescue you for me i came to rescue you for this guy called lord farquaad he wants to marry you and she's like a complete brat now because she's you know walks away and a half is like well if Tell Lord Farquaad that if he wants to rescue me, he's got to come here himself. Hmm. And actually, this is where Shrek gets one of the best lines of the movie. Because he says, hey, I'm no one's messenger boy. I'm a delivery boy. I'm a delivery boy. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Wonderful. Wonderful. And then the beautiful thing where he just picks her up in a beautiful time-lapse visual gag where she's like squirming and being all brattish on his back. And then just hours later where she's just gotten bored. Yeah, she's just given up. She's resigned herself to being slung over Shrek's shoulder. So question for you guys. Uh, Why is Donkey asking Fiona how to let a dragon that sexually assaulted him down easy, given that he's likely to never see again? Also, she sexually assaulted him and owes her nothing. He's drawn to abusive relationships. I think so. Yeah, he represses his pain and remains optimistic. And her response is, well, you just got to tell her that she's not your true love. And does it work? Does it work? You know, from far too much experience. (laughs) We know from watching the rest of the movie. (laughs) They stop by, I guess, a lake or a river. um, So Shrek can finally wash his face off. And she asks what kind of a man Lord Farquaad is. And Shrek and so many short jokes. Yeah, I just have Tyrion Lannister here about how everyone who makes a dwarf joke thinks they're the only person who's ever made a dwarf joke. <laughs> so, like, short and statue, you know, people generally don't think highly of him. It's all 20 years ago was so much meaner than today. You can't be this mean anymore. And so their original plan was to walk through the night, but Fiona starts freaking out because the sun's going down and demands that they make camp right now. And again, don't you just love her? Don't you just hope she finds her Prince Charming and has a happy ending? And why would Shrek care about this? I'm fine with her ending up with a fuckwad, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, Shrek didn't care about her whining before. Why does he care about her whining now? Because sometimes you just want it to stop, man. (laughs) she's worn him down exactly she's worn him down and he's like fuck all right jesus if you'll stop yelling at me i will find a campsite i relate way too easily with this movie (laughs) so bitchy whining does work that's a moral we should take from this i mean have you looked at the world lately it kind of it's kind of true 
It's kind of true. And so Shrek finds like a cave on a ledge and he rolls a boulder away from the, the entrance of the cave. And she's like, okay, cool, thanks. I'm gonna, gonna go to bed now. Grabs a big sheet of bark from a nearby tree as a door. And and I'd have been like, oh, fuck that. I'll just push the stone back over this shit. <laughs> See you in the morning. Well, you say that because after she rejects Donkey's offer to read her a bedtime story. We got a ca- anyway? casual peeping Tom joke is casual. What casual peeping Tom joke? That he's basically moving a boulder to look at her while she undresses. No, he's rolling. He makes a joke about rolling the boulder just to like leave her in there. Oh, I thought he was trying to peep at her. No, because she put the she put the plank of wood up for a door. Yeah, and because she yelled at Donkey, she you know he's like good night everyone. He's like hey princess, you wanted me to come in there and read your story. I said good night, and because of that, Shrek starts rolling the boulder to like seal her in there, and Donkey gives him a look like what the fuck. And so Shrek's like come on, I was joking. I was just joking. Like dude, yeah, sure he was. <laughs> sure he was the narrator he was not joking so that night shrek and donkey do some rock ledge stargazing shrek starts telling stories about ochre constellations including the story of blood nut the flatulent more fart jokes more fart jokes yeah but also the name blood nut Audience, if you have a blood nut, please see a doctor. <laughs> see it right now. Stop listening to this episode and go to the hospital. Especially if it makes everything taste like fish. <laughs> Which episode was that from? There's been so many at this point. We've done so many episodes. No, it was, yeah, there was specifically something Jules had said about like the flavor. I'm like, if your nuts make something taste like fish. So he's like, look, there, there's Blood Nut. Uh, there's the, the villagers running away from his awful stench. And Donkey just can't see. He's like, I, I, I just see little holes in the sky. And Pumbaa, to you, everything is gas. <laughs> <laughs> and Trek says to Donkey, look, you know, sometimes things are more than they appear. Hint, hint, like me, motherfucker, like one of the central themes of the movie we're in. But also a little hint, hint as to what's about to, you know, what we'll eventually learn with Fiona as well. True. So Donkey asks Shrek, hey, so uh, what are we going to do with our swamp when we get back? And Shrek's like, our swamp? Our Our swamp? swamp? It's like, yo, dude, there is no we, all right? That is my swamp. Like, we're going to go do this quest, and then we are going our separate ways. He has a plan like Donald Trump. He wants to build a wall around his land. (laughs) And he's going to make the fairy tale creatures pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Donkey's sad for like 20 seconds. Like, oh, you cut me real deep, Shrek. Cut me real deep. And then just like a light switch goes back to happy-go-lucky Donkey. He's like, hey, so what's with the the shutting people out? I think this wall is so that you can cut yourself off from everyone. And And he's like, yeah. No shit! Way to get on the same page for once. Oh, you're finally realizing that I might not like to be around other people. Fucking hell, welcome to the movie, Donkey. Jesus Christ. Story of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry we ruined your life, John. He's like, what's your problem, man? And Shrek says, look, I'm not the one with the problem. Everyone else has a problem. Every time people see me, they're like, ah, there's a great big stupid ugly ogre. And fuck that. And then definitely not Ogre Fiona peeks out from the cave to have a little listen in at this moment. And Donkey's like, hey, man, I didn't think you were a big stupid 
ugly ogre and shrek's like i know and then donkey asks shrek if there are any donkey constellations so shrek's got to pull some stuff out of his ass <laughs> he's like oh yeah over there that's uh that's gabby the the small and annoying <laughs> <laughs> and again donkey fails at taking hints <laughs> he does and he's like what about that one he's like that's the mood dude <laughs> <laughs> This is a big-ass Bruce Almighty moon. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go take a little break to find some more donkey constellations, and when we come back, we're going to break down the rest of Shrek. I'm sorry, donkey. I guess I am just a big, selfish, stupid ogre. Can you forgive me? Mm, you know what? No. What's that? I've just been thinking about all the horrible things you've done to me over this past few weeks, and most of it's pretty unforgivable. Like what? Trying to scare me when I was clearly on the run for some medieval torture? That's in the past. Catapulting me away with a tree? I didn't see you back there. I was so into being touched by Fiona. It's totally understandable and not me being neglectful to the one friend that I have. And leaving me to get molested by a dragon is just wrong. It's wrong, Shrek! I did come back for you, though. Not until the abuse became so severe that now I'm stuck in a toxic relationship with her. I'm probably gonna die. Probably. I think I see your point. Okay, so I get half your swap, and I'll never forgive you. Deal. And now, just to make everything okay, I'm gonna make a fart joke. No, Shrek, just no. It's lazy comedy. That wasn't a fart joke. That was a real fart. Oh my god. So bad. All right, this is horse shit. <laughs> there is no reason for Shrek to consider Donkey a friend or make any concessions about the swamp. <laughs> Fuck this sketch. <laughs> Fuck you both. That's a deal. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, it's nighttime in Lord Fuckwad's room. We kind of come in through the window. We see that his marriage outfit and we see that he's got his marriage outfit and wedding dress for Fiona ready. And we also get a sweeping shot of the mama bear who's been turned into- Mama bear rug. Yes, mama bear has been turned into a literal bear rug. Lord <laughs> Fuckwad is lying in his bed. He's got his shirt off. He's drinking a martini and he's making a very uncomfortable magic mirrors show him the picture of Fiona on repeat. Well, my note here is also Farquaad's leopard print circular bed confirms he's a 60s porn producer. <laughs> and shares characteristics with Shrek because he also enjoys a martini. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. does enjoy a martini. No eyeballs in this one, just regular olives. So quick question. When you press the button, does the bed rotate or shake? Uh, depends which servants are available to make the bed move. <laughs> so he sees Fiona and he gives like an, you know, an oh yeah kind of kind of sound and he, he gives a cheeky look around the room and he definitely jerked off after we cut away, right? Like he absolutely yeah. masturbated to that picture of Fiona and fucking Magic Mirror had to watch that. Like Jules was mentioning with implications, this isn't the first time he's done that. I think it's pretty safe to say. No, he's just been whacking it ever since he saw the picture. <laughs> whacking it in San Diego. Like, I'll get that song out of my head now. Uh, so good. <laughs> jacking what? it in San Diego. Who jacking is this it, Jacking it. Jacking South it Park, guys. This was around the the the, the Koji. Uh, no, Komi 2020, 2012. It's a South Park episode where, yeah. I don't remember that one. 
So early the next morning, uh, Fiona leaves a sleeping donkey in Shrek to go be a Disney princess in the woods. Yes. <laughs> with another great turn. Yep, because she has an epic singing duet with a blue bird that has a nest of eggs. This is the um, Sleeping Beauty sequence where she starts singing with the birds in the forest, except this bird ends up singing so much that for no reason it explodes. <laughs> no, it explodes because Fiona sings such a high note, it causes the bird to explode. <laughs> it's leaving just like its feet and legs like grasping the, the branch. And she then eats her babies. Yeah, murders the ba- the bird and then murders the babies. This is how Fiona gets breakfast. Circle of life. Are we supposed to like her yet? Are we supposed to be rooting for her yet? I'm starting to. <laughs> okay, well, that was a dumb question with John here. And yeah, if these, if these aren't chicken eggs, I don't think you get yolks. I'm pretty sure you get dead birds <laughs> in your eggs. It depends on how far along they are. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably freshly laid eggs, and that's how you get the yolk. Because she goes back to to the cave, and she sets up a rock over chicken a fire to fry them. Chicken legs, chicken eggs eventually develop chicks within them. The yolk is part of anyway. And the 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 smell of breakfast wakes up Donkey and Shrek, and she's like, "Hey, you know, I, I've been kind of a bitch up until now, so here's some eggs to to make up for that." We got a, we've got a big day ahead of us, cliche, which is kind of annoying. Well, we got a big day ahead of us, and then Shrek and Donkey give each other kind of a knowing look and giggle because Lord Farquaad is not big. Big day, more like a short day, am I right? <laughs> so the three musketeers are now walking through the forest. Well, I'm calling Fiona, Shrek, and Donkey the three musketeers. There's not actually the three musketeers. Well, no, because there were four if you count D'Artagnan. So Shrek belches, and Donkey's like, dude, not in front of the princess, but then she belches, so they're ah. more alike than they thought. Aww. Well, her method of getting breakfast is not too far away from Shrek's. <laughs> Just casually murdering things, yeah. <laughs> or fuckwad, or dragon. I mean, how many severed sets of legs do we need to have in this movie? <laughs> Seriously. We, the tally is really high in this movie. Really high. The director had something with legs. But not in a Tarantino way. I was about to say, is is our severed legs this director's Quentin Tarantino thing? It's one step beyond Tarantino. Yeesh. Like, there's a bit of necrophilia on top of it. So, yeah, uh, that's when Fiona gets snatched by a French Robin Hood. Sacrilege. I'm sorry. It was bad enough that we had an American one after Prince of Thieves. It just... Oh my god! That's what Nick and I were talking about, which put us on to Sean Connery, how we need to do that movie. Yeah, we started talking Before about how we came need back to do on that the movie. Break, on the we break. were talking about how we need to do that movie. Like, how the fuck did Brian Blessed have kids that sound like Kevin Costner and Christian Slater? <laughs> I just, I just love that you brought that up without hearing our conversation. That's fantastic. Yeah, my, my question is, why is an English folk hero French in this movie? Why is it? Why is Merry Men also French? 
they're all French. <laughs> because so you they, know that them being merry means they're gay, so of course they're Frenchies. <laughs> and also because they do musical theater for them, kind of like talk, <laughs> singing and dancing about their spiel. My note here is this is not a Robin Hood Men in Tights ripoff, I swear. Oh, God, nope, yeah. Totally not. Manly men. They sing about their spiel. You know, we rob for the rich, we give for the poor, and we're not a big fan of monsters. Kind of looking at Shrek. Eventually, Fiona's like done with this shit, and she just fucking fly kicks Robin Hood in the head. <laughs> he cracked his skull against a rock and then bled out and died. It was really fucking morbid. I didn't remember that. And I gotta say, uh, Matrix effects are not as impressive whenever the entire movie is generated by a computer. <laughs> right, but it's an, it's obligatory in the early 2000s to make a Matrix reference yeah. uh, because she's doing this as she's beating up the other Mary men who start attacking her. At least they didn't do the lean bullet dodge because that's what almost yeah. everyone did. They at least did the freeze in the air, spin the camera, and then resume action with the kick. Yeah, Yeah, they did that with Osmosis Jones as well. I mean, the thing was, is back in the day, this wasn't a cliche just yet. But looking back now, the Matrix reference just doesn't age very well. (laughs) It's still kind of fun because they do the spin around thing and everything's frozen except Fiona. Yeah, Yeah, she straightens her hair and then she kicks two of them in the face. And Shrek's like, whoa, how'd you do that? And she's trying to pass it off as like, oh, well, when you live by yourself in a castle, there's certain things you got to learn. It's like, no, you did not teach yourself fucking high level martial arts from a book in a castle. I did want to say as well that she smacks Friar Tuck right through the accordion, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Yes, uh... I do. It's called slapping someone through the accordion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they discover that Shrek's got an arrow in his butt. Uh, Donkey starts freaking out like Shrek's gonna die. And Fiona's like, all right, listen, if you want to help out Shrek, you should go out into the woods, find <laughs> some blue flowers with red thorns. You're like, all right, blue flowers, red thorns, blue flowers, red thorns. He starts going off into the, the woods to look for him. And Shrek's like, what's what's the flowers for? And she replies, well, it's to get rid of Donkey. Because he's... And I think I kind of fell in love with Fiona here, too. (laughs) This is where she redeems herself in our eyes. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Teach me your ways. (laughs) I mean, there's a great joke coming up in a little bit, but it does make me sad that the blue flowers with red thorns actually exist and are very close by. (laughs) It wasn't the the snipe hunt that... uh... Yeah, you were led to believe this was going to be a snipe hunt. Yeah. So Shrek is a total baby about getting an arrow yanked out of his ass. So Fiona has to change, chase him around. <laughs> and yeah, she's chasing around his ass. So haha, butt chase. And then Donkey finds himself in a field full of blue flowers and red thorns. He's like, blue flowers, red thorns, blue flowers, red thorns. This would be so much easier if I wasn't colorblind. <laughs> Again, great joke. But just, it was an obvious snipe hunt thing. And that wasn't really a thing. Anyway. But apparently, like, somewhat scientifically accurate, because apparently, I mean, this is from the most casual of Google searches, so take this from with a grain of salt, listener. But apparently donkeys are dichromatic, so okay. they can't see, I think, red. So they are somewhat colorblind, whereas we're trichromatic. We can perceive, like, three colors, and they get, you know, kind of like how yeah, those Yeah, and then those yeah. combine in the spectrum that we see, yeah. 
But then he hears Shrek screaming and he just grabs a bunch of whatever the hell's near him, which happens to be blue flowers with red thorns and runs back. Doesn't get poked with the thorns, by the way. He just knows how to deal with them. Comes back to find Fiona's accidentally fallen on top of Shrek's, which kind of looks like they were in a romantic embrace. And he's like, guys, 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 if you wanted to be alone, you could have just asked me. Yeah, except we know that that clearly would not work. <laughs> Donkey has been told to fuck off almost this entire movie. <laughs> you put it by like, cool, cool, cool. Can I watch? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> or he'd just keep rambling. All right, well, I mean, you want some alone time. I understand that. You got to have your alone time, just the two of you. I'm just not going to be here for part of it. Just, you know, he's going to go on for another 20 minutes about that shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Shrek's like, no, 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 that is not what's happening here. Like, we're not fooling around. It's the last thing on my mind. And Fiona takes this moment of Shrek being distracted to yank the arrow out of his ass. If you know what he means. (laughs) There's no blood. So when Donkey faints from the blood, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he faints. Ogre blood is invisible, but has a very distinctive smell. Leads to a cursed existence. (laughs) <laughs> well, if you drink, if you're desperate enough to drink it, damn right you're getting cursed. It was Voldemort's plan B instead of unicorns. <laughs> Ogre butt blood. Unicorn blood is so much prettier. So now we get a donkey is a third wheel montage um, because casual animal balloon torture as well. Yes, because because Shrek and Fiona are. They're, they're, they're clearly like enamored. Yeah, they're kind of flirting with each other very subtly. Um, Shrek letting go of a tree that he's like held down so they can cross a creek. Uh, forgets about Donkey. Donkey just gets launched. I don't think he was forgetful. I think that was orchestrated. <laughs> and then this is crazy. Like Fiona sees a spider's web between two branches so she snaps it off and runs around the field they're in like sticking a bunch of well you see a bunch of bugs that are kind of like swarming around them so there's a nuisance just somehow this is cotton candy for shrek yeah how did she know that because she gives it to him like she knows it's cotton candy for him well the movie hasn't shown us yet but she's got her ogre side yeah so much so that after he takes it and starts eating it she licks her fingers yeah this movie's smarter than you thought i never said it was dumb still it's just smarter and then as jules mentioned there's very casual frog and snake balloons here yeah we now have tune physics finally (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is crazy so apparently fiona and shrek both exhale helium because shrek picks up a frog and blows it up into a balloon fiona picks up a snake, blows it up like a balloon and makes it into a balloon animal and they give it to each other and they hold it until they get bored of it. And then they just release the frog and snake to fly higher into the air to their deaths. Yeah, I took it as more of um very, very hot breath and they just kind of like cooked from the inside. These poor woodland creatures just getting murdered <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> animal torture is very prevalent in this movie. Yeah. Once again, you guys talking about things happening for no reason. Clearly, this is for romance. Oh, I didn't say it was for no reason. Well, Nick did this time. We argued about the whole no reason thing on another episode. But yeah, there is a reason. It's for romance. And how else do you show your appreciation for someone other than murdering small animals? 
Ah, oh, God, I don't know, John. Now you've been you doing romance that, wrong all this time. I've been clearly there's a reason yeah. why I'm single. There's, a reason there's so why many I'm dating apps that that had listed what is my romance language, and I just wish someone would put torturing small woodland creatures. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be someone who replies to that. I'm on hey, ogresonly.com. <laughs> hey, Jules, which small animal did you murder to get your girlfriend? <laughs> oh, several ants. Baby pangolin, because they are the most adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so they get to the outskirts of Duloc, uh, but Fiona's not quite ready to leave Shrek yet for, for Lord Fuckwad. So she lies about Donkey not looking so good as an excuse to spend warm one more night with them. She's like, oh, yeah, Donkey, you look bad. He's like, no, man, I feel fine. He's like, yeah, and that's that's when it gets you. That comes out of nowhere, <laughs> then you're dead. <laughs> A million neuroses were born. And Shrek gets like sees what she's doing. He's like, oh yeah, Donkey, wow, yeah, let's let's let let's like just chill here for a bit. And then Donkey starts freaking out because he's a hypochondriac. He's like, Oh god, oh god, I'm gonna he's like, No, 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 we'll make you some tea, it'll be fine. It's like I think I need a hug. He doesn't get one because as we've mentioned before, he's just always drawn to he's he's always drawn to abusive relationships which means zero affection all pain he's also clearly incredibly ill and they don't want to catch it yeah because they don't invite him to dinner that night <laughs> fuck no <laughs> yeah shrek makes him and sophie that's god you keep calling her sophie, sophie? Fiona. <laughs> Yeah, he only makes uh, rotisserie weed rats for him and Fiona. <laughs> There's no rot. I mean, I don't think donkeys eat weed rats, but um... as delicious as these things apparently are, maybe he'd have gone for it though. Weed rat is apparently the most incredible thing you've ever tasted in your goddamn life. Yeah, Fiona's really digging these roasted rats. Shrek starts bragging about how delicious everything he makes is. Like, oh yeah, I make a pretty mean weed rat stew and eyeball tartar and all these like disgusting things that sound delicious. And so fucking Fiona, God damn it, why do I keep calling her Sophia? And he's like, hey, you know, after you get married, you can come by the swamp anytime. I'll cook for you. And she's like, yeah, I'd like that. And so he looks like Shrek might finally like tell her how he feels about her, but then chickens out at the last second. I actually, are you going to finish that last weed rat? And while giving him the weed rat, their hands touch, and then they kind of start holding hands and they start going in for the kiss and then they get cock blocked by Donkey. This is why we didn't invite you to dinner. <laughs> It'd be more ass blocked, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's true ass blocked because he's a donkey yeah, he blocked <laughs> but he's not blocking expression. the ass but he is the ass that is doing the blocking it still works i think and he points out that hey don't you guys think that this sunset is just super romantic right now and so fiona's like oh fuck sunset so fiona uh, <laughs> god damn it why merged them together that time <laughs> Oh, Fiona, god damn it. Fiona's like, oh, fuck, sunset, shit, I gotta get inside. Goes into a nearby abandoned windmill for the night. After she does, Donkey's like, yo, Shrek, you and Fiona obviously dig each other. Like, just go in there and tell her, you 
fucking coward. And Shrek's like, no, no, I, I don't like her. Anyway, I'm an, even if I did, I'm an ogre and she's a princess. And that's like, I don't know. That'll never work. Yeah, only ugly people can be with ugly people and only attractive people with attractive people. That is a fact. Exactly. Personality means nothing. Or wealth. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> rich ugly people marry hot not as rich people all the time <laughs> it's called pulling an Anna nicole smith yeah but it's not true love your true love has to have comparable aesthetics it has to be exactly the same as the other person because you're already that's going to be incredibly boring and egotistical <laughs> why would you want to date yourself well we allow differences for height i mean when you're as tall as jules and i you have to so yeah shrek storms off to have a sad in the woods and uh tells donkey he's gonna go get some firewood even though there's like a big ass pile of firewood already there by the campsite shrek finds a clearing and looks forlornly at Dulock while the sun goes down uh then donkey after you know sun goes down goes into the windmill because the plot needs him to yes this is absolutely a four reasons moment well no <laughs> is he, he is basically he wants to talk to her because he's shrek's friend and wants to tell her about shrek he's trying to facilitate all right you are correct it just did feel like because the plot needs him to but you are right donkey's kind of spooked because it's very dark and scary inside uh and then fiona crashes through a wooden walkway which is deteriorated and donkey freaks out because she's an ogre now and thinks that shrek has eaten fiona and eventually no, thinks an ogre has eaten fiona got it okay not Shrek. <laughs> yeah, he's not freaked out by Shrek. He's just like, oh shit, a monster ate Fiona. Because she's like, no, this is me. <laughs> so he's yelling like inside this at body. the stomach. <laughs> like, that's, that's, like, like, oh Fiona's my god, yelling you ate from the princess. <laughs> I just want to know how the spell affects her clothing like that. It's remarkable. Because it's not just this dress. It happens with her wedding gown later. Yeah, um, it, the dress has expanded to fit her new form. Mm-hmm. Um, she does not pull a Hulk. And so eventually Donkey calms down and accepts that Fiona is an ogre and Fiona explains that a witch put a curse on her and she looks this way every night and the only way that the curse can be broken is by true love's first kiss so she can take love's true form. Pin in that. Why do you want to steal the true form from love itself? Uh, I don't know, man. That's the quest the DM gave. <laughs> so, um, and that's why she needs to marry Lord Fuckwad before the sun goes down so she can, you know, be a human and stay a human. Yes, so that he won't be repulsed by her, which is, you know, the definition of true love. Exactly. I, I have two things to bring up here. One, marrying Fuckwad doesn't do shit. Why doesn't she just kiss the guy? Two, Princess and ugly don't go together. In a world where we've clearly seen all the princesses are canon and in this world, and how much time she spent in the tower reading her own story, she will have read about other princesses too, and she would also know about Beauty and the Beast. And Princess and Ugly do go together. Belle's not a princess. Oh, true. Touche. But I stand by the, why not just kiss Farquaad instead of marrying him? Yep, I'll, I'll grant you that one. Yep. That is that is definitely a plot hole. So Donkey's like, hey, you know, maybe you and Shrek should get together. You have so much in common. Like, he's ugly, you're ugly, you like <laughs> belching. It's a match made in heaven. And so outside, Shrek has come back with a sunflower, and he's, like, practicing trying to speak to Fiona. Um, exactly how I would try to psych myself up to talk to girls as a teenager. So, uh... 
he's definitely a few years behind. Well, he's, he's been <laughs> isolated. Come on, he's clearly... <laughs> yeah, it's not like he's had much practice. Not like he's had much practice in these matters. No, yeah. It's like literally on the level of, I saw the sunflower, and it's pretty, and you're pretty, so I thought you'd like the sunflower. No, no. <laughs> like, this is not on the level of that. That is literally what he says. Yeah. <laughs> so it is also technically on the level. The only thing he's kissed is his keep out signs. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Yes. He made a keep outside at the beginning of the movie to give it a big old spooch. He's like, all right, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to tell her how I feel. And then she overhears her talking to Donkey. And that's where she says, yeah, you know, ugly and princesses don't mix and all this stuff. And she's, you know, we know that the audience know that she's talking about herself. But given the snippets of what Shrek hears, he thinks that Fiona's talking shit about him and Donkey's in on it. He feels betrayed. He drops his sunflower and storms off. Classic misunderstanding. It was way better done than Legally Blonde. I will give it that. (laughs) Like, that was ham-fisted. This felt like, okay, it's a cliche, but they did it well. Yeah, but I mean, how hard is it to be better than Legally Blonde? (laughs) Not hard. Not hard, and yet so many movies fail. (laughs) And they only have themselves to blame. At least there's no bend and snap. (laughs) So Fiona swears Donkey to secrecy, and he's like, look, I'm not going to tell Shrek, but you should tell Shrek, all right? As irritating as he can be, man, Donkey really does have his moments. He's got some strong moments here and there. Yep. He's like, what's the point of being a talking donkey if I got to keep secrets all the time? <laughs> that is a good line. Oh, and so he starts walking out of the, the window and he's like, man, I, after this is over, I'm going to need some serious therapy. Look at my eye twitching in his eye. And <laughs> who is he talking to? Yes, he definitely needs therapy. You definitely need therapy. Who the fuck is he ther- saying that to? Fiona sees the sunflower that Shrek dropped and she picks it up and takes it back inside the windmill with her. And so just as day is breaking, uh, Fiona, we see Fiona plucking the petals from the sunflower. Yeah, it's such a cliche, the flower petal pulling scene. Just make the damn choice yourself. Why why characters do that shtick is basically leaving up to fate. Make a damn choice yourself. You don't get many. Not only that, I never understood how the character is really surprised in the outcome. Like you couldn't tell three or four petals ago how this is going to (laughs) turn out. It's so true. It's the same with Ariel and the Little Mermaid. Yes! We know exactly exactly how many petals you have left, so why are you disappointed with the loves me not moment? It's like you just said, (laughs) I don't tell him. And now there's one petal left, and now you're super surprised that Only yep, just guess realizing. I gotta tell him. Yes, <laughs> Jesus. Characters don't count much in their backstories and movies. Like none of them know math. <laughs> not a lot of situational awareness. No. I mean, at the very least, she's not doing. He loves me. He loves me not. Okay. There, there's a bit of a twist on it that keeps it somewhat fresh. I'm not gonna. After ripping on Disney so well, it then actually has a Disney moment in the movie, which kind of counters it a little. Yeah, it doesn't sit well with me either. Anyways, the last petal says to tell him, so she's got to do what the flower says. (laughs) 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 I got to make a poster. (laughs) Do what the flower flower says. says. (laughs) And then just an angry sunflower just sort of pointing. (laughs) 
So yeah, she runs out to tell Shrek, you know, on the order of a flower, uh, but the sun rises <laughs> and she turns back into a human. Yeah, if you hadn't spent all that goddamn time picking petals, <laughs> I got the message across, lady. Yeah, we see her actually like do it. It's it's the whole like sparkliness and the, the, the clouds that surround her. Like we actually watch the transformation. But also not. Like you don't see it, like the morphing of size. You have the big bright glow, and then it's human princess form again. I was kind of surprised. I thought you actually saw the transformation in this movie. That must be a pain in the ass to animate on top of all the other shit they're animating. They kind of stole the beast transformation in reverse at the climax. Kinda, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is ripping off all the. I say, I think that was partially the point, though, as well. Yeah, yeah. The other ripoffs and everything. Yeah. Okay. So Shrek comes back and he is pissed tells her he heard everything she said last night she's like you know she thinks he heard about her being an ogre so she thinks he's being a dick about like not being into <laughs> ogres too That's kind of- <laughs> that i don't get yeah i understand why she is so horribly confused and also fuck no shrek you heard a sentence and a half yeah that that hardly counts as everything I also want to floor the fact that she would ever believe that her being an ogre was the factor. Yeah, that's absurd. That's like Orson Welles late in his career being like, no fat chicks. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Just just, you can't say that, dude, because you gotta look at yourself. Bed only holds so much, Nick. Come on. (laughs) There's only so much engineering can do for you, Orson. Seriously, like career Orson Welles, man. Anything heavier than a blow-up doll would probably snap that funny. <laughs> he didn't just wear boo-boos. That was what he he just ended up saying that a lot. Okay, back to the movie. So Shrek has brought Lord Fuckwad with him. Remember, we are 90s babies, and so these insults aren't as bad, just like a trick. Yeah, this is this is how we were raised. You can't be offended. <laughs> well, we're not done with short jokes because it turns out he's riding in on these fake legs. He looks like normal height. And and um like these long fake ass armor sleeves as well. So he looks like a well proportioned human. I totally miss the arms. Yeah, but okay, the arms, I'm... the arms as well. Yeah, yeah, pulls pulls his arms out, and then has one of his knights or servants or whatever like pluck him off of the horse to <laughs> set him down. Right when she says, "I was just saying a short goodbye." Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, and so yeah, he gives Shrek the deed to his swamp that he already owned, uh, and tells him that he cleared out the fairy tale creatures. Um, get out of here before I change my mind. Which means in like a week, he's absolutely going to change his mind. <laughs> At most. At most. And so he asks Fiona to marry him, and she accepts out of spite. She spitefully accepts this marriage proposal, like looking directly at Shrek walking away. (laughs) And so Fiona insists that they get married before sunset. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's, because he says, oh, yeah, we'll get married tomorrow. She's like, what? Why? Why wait that long? Let's get married today before sunset. And he's like, oh, eager, are we? Cool. We have a lot to do. Kiss the guy. Find out. Move on. (laughs) Yes. I was just about to call back Jules's point. 
it's true love's kiss. That doesn't have to be a goddamn wedding. I mean, obviously, fuckwad's not her true love, but still. Exactly. Does Farquad look like the kind of guy who's not going to kiss before a wedding? Farquad looks like the kind of guy who would absolutely would get me tooed. I would today. say, yeah, I was going to say he'll he'll do some kissing, but not on her lips. Yeah, yeah, I do know what you mean. You don't even have to ask. I knew you knew. That's why I didn't bother. So Donkey follows Shrek and he's like, hey, man, are you really going to let her get away with like that? And Shrek's like, yo, dude, you conspired with her and said some fucked up shit about me. So how about you fuck right off? Because I'm going back to the swap alone. And Donkey gets sad. And now we have not Leonard Cohen singing Hallelujah during a sadness montage. Shrek goes back to the swamp. It's a great song. I love this song. It's not my favorite version, but... Oh, but yeah, I, do, I will have to note that after getting out of an abusive friendship, Donkey decides to double down and get into an abusive relationship. Yeah, and the, it, like it, part of this montage is he goes to a river to drink, sees his abuser, and then decides to fully succumb to Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> and get with her. Shrek goes to his swamp. He cleans out the, the camp. He's putting his house back together and he sees a sunflower on his table and he gets upset and he chucks it into his fire and this sunflower getting chucked into a fire animation was not good uh at fuckwad's castle fiona's getting fitted for her wedding dress and she's super duper sad about it uh she actually (laughs) pushes down farquad's cake topper on the wedding cake so he's short because they're both figures were the same one. It's it's a point where she realizes perfect doesn't exist, you know, because Farquaad's all about the perfect world when he's clearly imperfect. And true, it, it's a sort of moment where she just realizes her perfect, the perfect idea that she came up with in her head doesn't exist. It's just you're short. That's the reality of the circumstance. <laughs> yeah, he's short, and uh, he jerks off in front of sentient see, mirrors. Yeah, but the whole being short thing is not like a terrible trait. No, but it's, it's not perfect. It's literally everything else about this guy. <laughs> yeah, he's small. Meta, like he's small in like the the metaphorical sense. Aside yeah, from well, being rude yeah. to ogres. She hasn't seen it. But I think it's also like she knows deep down that she loves Shrek. She actually loves Shrek. Yeah, that too. Lord Farquaad's also like getting dressed up in his wedding outfit and he's super stoked. He gets the thumbs up from uh, Thelonious. Thelonious. (laughs) (laughs) And then Shrek and Fiona have corresponding sads while eating meals at their tables. With an empty chair at the other end. It's so sad. Uh, So the montage ends with Shrek hearing something going on outside, so he heads out to investigate, and he sees Donkey building a wall through the swamp, and he's like, hey man, what the fuck are you doing? And Donkey says, hey, I did half the work on the quest, I get half the reward, so half the swamp is mine. And Shrek's like, no, the fuck it's not. (laughs) No, that's not how it works. (laughs) I kind of feel like Donkey's right, though. He did. <laughs> do half the work. So get him a half another swamp. That's Shrek Swamp. <laughs> uh, yeah, I doubt Donkey's name is on the deed. You have no claim to the land. You showed up and forced your way on it in the first place. You tagged along on the quest. He's he never wanted you around. He's he showed never... him the way. He got sexually assaulted by a dragon to give him time to find the princess. He's done plenty on this trip. I think I think Shrek is in, has been incredibly egotistical, and it's and it's something we haven't mentioned. <laughs> yeah, no, he's been very selfish. It's always about him, and Donkey finally calls him out on it. Yeah, because 
eventually Shrek's like, fine, you can keep half the fucking swamp. See what I care. Ah, you shouldn't give him those concessions, Shrek. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, Mm -mm. you give a donkey half a swamp, and then he's going to want a glass of milk. And by the way, half the swamp is apparently Shrek's front yard? Like, that's the totality of this plot of land known as the swamp? Donkey gets the nice boulder. (laughs) (laughs) What a little fuck. (laughs) That is a nice boulder. <laughs> mm, it really ties the swamp together. Yeah, so Donkey starts calling out Shrek. He's like, hey, man, you've been just nothing but fucking nasty to me ever since we met. Yes, take the fucking hint. <laughs> and Shrek says to him, yeah, so why the fuck do you keep coming back? Yes! And Donkey, and he's going to his outhouse clearly to go take a shit or something, and Donkey doesn't let the man go take a shit because he jumps up on it. He's like, because that's what friends do. They forgive each other. We're not friends. You're someone who glued on to me. This is the mantra of anyone who's stuck in an abusive relationship. Except the quote-unquote abuser doesn't want a relationship. (laughs) Oh, well, abusers will do that. Negative reinforcement. So he says, yeah, well, if you're my friend, then why do you stab me in the back and, you know, say shit about me with so It's like, yeah, well, if you're my friend, you know, why did you stab me in the back and talk shit about me with Fiona? And Donkey says, no, she wasn't talking about you. She was talking about someone else. And Shrek just immediately believes him. There's no pushback on that. Shrek's just like, oh, my bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, Hey, we're friends now. Cool. Let's shake. Yeah, guess this means I gotta run off on a mission of love as well. But there's no time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, what did Fiona actually say? Well, why don't you go ask her yourself? Oh, fuck, there's a wedding going on right now. Shit. And it's in like 20 minutes and we're in the goddamn swamp. <laughs> we'll never make it in time. And that's when Donkey says, hey, don't worry about it. I got a ride and he whistles for his abuser. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I put he whistles for his girlfriend. You know, that, that's a good <laughs> relationship dynamic there. <laughs> hey, Jules, what do you think would happen if you whistled to summon your girlfriend? Like, how, how well do you think that would you go? You would find my body parts delivered to you in 30 separate boxes. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that sounds about right. Lucky. I, <laughs> I didn't get any body parts. <laughs> I will split the body parts with you. You can have some too. John, get some? John gets some nod. John gets some nod. John gets some nod. It all depends on what the flower tells you to do. <laughs> I thought you were doing that with body parts. <laughs> I thought you were doing that with body parts that too. That was the <laughs> initial idea, yes. Just like pulling, pulling fingers off. Like, yeah, I exactly. get some. I get some nod. <laughs> Well, then that's just two different piles. These are the ones John gets. These are the ones he doesn't. (laughs) Oh, so off they fly to Duloc. And my note here is, and that, kids, is how I trained your dragon mom. Hey-oh. oh There's also the the second ass line. You got no one likes a kiss ass. I don't get how Donkey gets up there. Because Dragon is hovering the whole time, and Shrek grabs the chain to climb up, and Donkey's still on the ground like, yeah, you go get her, and then they're both riding Dragon. I think the answer is don't think about it. Oh, time must. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So now that we are at the wedding ceremony, it's underway, and I love... God, I love how there's still cue cards. The cue cards, yes. Revered (laughs) silence. 
Well, yeah, because you have reverence and everyone's just like fawning over the couple, and then it switches from reverence to revered silence. Oh, I'm pretty sure that oh, that is the perfect sign for John's house. Just everyone, <laughs> everyone be in revered silence all the time. Yep. <laughs> or just don't be there. Just I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Disperse. That's what my crowd sign says. I'm trying to make you not Shrek, John, and you keep pulling yourself back into it. <laughs> I think just we know, John, he is Donkey, here. take the fucking hint. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me the Fiona of the group? At least like, I'm what? dating a dragon. <laughs> you the fuckwad, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would send knights to their death, and that would be a sacrifice I would be willing to make. That is, <laughs> yeah, it's this old crusty uh, priest doing the wedding ceremony, but the sun's going down. So Fiona's like, "Hey, can we skip to the the I do's?" And Farquaad is into that, but whoop! Outside, dragon lands. A bunch of guards who are standing at attention outside run away, and no one in the church hears that. Nope, nobody hears the screaming. Or the giant uh, thud of dragon landing outside. <laughs> the cards did not tell them to react. There's <laughs> 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 a card dragon reaction. Yeah, shocked surprise, yeah. <laughs> now Donkey's giving his abuser girlfriend orders. Like, yeah, why don't you go you go have some fun? I'll whistle if I need you. So casual dragon massacre is casual in the background. So fucking casual. <laughs> so fucking casual. And so Shrek's about to burst in, and because this movie has a runtime it's trying to make Donkey's like, no, 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 not yet, not yet. Oh, this is funny though. This is funny. We got to squeeze at least another two minutes. We got to do a it's bit. The whole, it's all making it perfect thing shtick again. About <laughs> you have to object at the right moment, and then it. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, he's like, you got to object to the right moment. It's like, well, what's the right moment? Well, hang on. Uh, let me, let's see where they are. So instead of like cracking the door open like very slightly and like hearing where they were, he starts chucking donkey up so he can see through one of the wind high up windows, and he eventually deduces that oh shit, we're past that point. So Shrek just leaves him to splat on the ground <laughs> and runs in right before Fiona and Fuckwad kiss. And he's like, I object. Well, I mean, just for the treatment of Donkey here, we know that catapulting him from an evergreen tree didn't do shit. So <laughs> he'll be fine. We know we're, we already know how resilient Donkey is. He's a flying talking donkey, right? <laughs> Not very well. I mean, he doesn't even fall with much style, to be honest. <laughs> no, he that is just a full on thud as he plummets to the earth. So Shrek Bursin, uh Shrek kind of starts playing the crowd again because he's they they got a little you know back and forth going from the previous event fiona and fuckwater like yeah what the fuck man what the what are you doing here <laughs> i did want to bring up one line by the way in the line from farquad saying it's rude enough being alive when no one wants you and, <laughs> and my note here was john's nephew pep talk somehow ended up in the cut of this movie <laughs> <laughs> one of them um was this was a long time ago he was in that phase where he'd be like who would win between blank, you know, just like completely unrelated. And at one point he said, who would win between me and, and my immediate answer was the other thing. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you're going to say. The other thing will win. 
And so then it just turned into like what random shit he could name. And I would tell him how it would kick his ass or kill him. And we had a ball. We had a great time. I want a kid so that I can br- like meticulously describe how it'll die. Aww. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't want one for myself. He was saying myself. stuff like, like me and bacon. I'm like, see, now you think you're going to win because bacon's yummy and you're going to eat it, but a piece of it's going to break off and get lodged in your throat and you're going to start hacking and coughing, and that's how it escapes, and that counts as a win for the bacon. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I want a child discard. Not, I don't want one of my you own. You want someone else's child. Yeah, yeah. I want someone else's child so I can say fucked up shit to it. And, and then, then you it goes- leave. You don't and have to I deal leave. with the aftermath. It's fantastic. Exactly. I like so how good. you call a child it. That's, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm not going to be imposing roles upon it. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> also, they're not people. <laughs> so Shrek tells Fiona, hey, don't marry him. He's not your true love. And he's only marrying you to be king. And she says, well, what do you know about true love? And Shrek stutters because he can't express his love for her. Uh, but it's pretty obvious to Lord Fuckwad. He's like, oh my god, the ogre's in love with the princess. And somebody cues up the card that says laughter. And then we get Jonathan Lithgow's pucker up lips noise, which is my everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's like, come, just kiss me and then we'll have our happily ever after. I'm surprised he didn't get like keep stilt legs for his wedding ceremony because he's like half her height, like l- like up on his tippy toes with his lips out for the the kiss. I'm just amazed that I'm not the only one that Jules keeps referring to as Jonathan. <laughs> what? I'm it's lost. John Lithgow. He's been saying Jonathan this whole fucking movie. <laughs> so the they've waited too long. The sun's going down. So Fiona turns into her ogre form, and this is this. They really make a moment of this versus when she was turning into a human lord fuckwad is like ah oh, gross ew uh guards get him and it doesn't matter because we're already married and it's legal and i'm king now <laughs> yeah he puts a crown on his head and it's gonna slowly shrek's torture shrek and he's gonna imprison fiona back in the the castle but no we get a dragon x machina well we get shrek whistling and that summons the dragon who's comes in and crashes through a window and just immediately chomps fuckwad. So Ogre and Donkey whistles are indistinguishable from each other? Because Donkey said, I'll whistle if we need you, honey. Well, that's the thing. Donkey's on her back, so she would know exactly that Shrek's whistle is not his. Or would she? <laughs> well, the whistle worked. I think that's the whistle the worked, yeah. I just don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> Donkey's got a great quip here. He's like, celebrity marriages, they never last. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Shrek. Oh, well, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, so Shre- Shrek finally tells Fiona that he loves her. And what do you know? She loves him right back. So they smooch. And because Shrek is, in fact, her true love, she gets magicked up to start taking love's true form. Ripple of energy that just shatters all the stained glass pictures of Lord Fuckwad in the church. <laughs> And like Jules was mentioning earlier, very much a uh, Beauty and the Beast ripoff with like the light beam shooting from, you know, the feet and hands and all this for the magic transformation, which doesn't transform shit because she was already an ogre. This just like made it permanent. Yeah, very theatrical way to make it permanent because she collapses to the ground and you're like, oh no, did she turn back? And is she dead? (laughs) 
That's the form of true love. The great thing here, little moment, is that one Farquaad stained glass window survived. The dragon just punches it out. <laughs> and Fiona gets up and, oh, fuck, she's still an ogre. And she's disappointed that she isn't beautiful. But Shrek thinks she's beautiful. So, aww. Uh... <laughs> No, literally, I think like uh, Thelonious, he yes, takes one of the actually, cue cards. They actually create a cue card that says, aww. So but the crowd very importantly, react. it was Thelonious. It's it's our executioner buddy. Yep. And so they move in to kiss each other again, and Shrek looks into camera and like puts his hand over it. So does Shrek know that he's in a movie? Mm-hmm. Clearly. He knows he's in a movie. Okay, good. Uh, so then Not the Monkeys sing, I'm a Believer. I enjoyed Smash the Mouth. It's fucking Smash Mouth again, yeah. Yeah, uh, it plays while Shrek and Fiona get married in the swamp. All the fairy tale creatures and the executioner are there. And this is where we find the wolf from Little Red Riding Hood's happy ending, because apparently he and Drag came with a knight as a date. I don't get this. Not the wolf part, but just like, why are all the fairy tale creatures there? Because he s- saved them from Lord Fuckwad. So? They're all his friends now. Why? Because he's changed. I get why they're happy for him. You know, he, he saved him from Lord Fuckwad, like you said. He's their hero. I don't get why he's cool with them. Well, he's about to go on his honeymoon and get the, get far, far away from them, so he's probably tolerating them for just a few moments while he gets married. Uh, yeah, so cross-dressing wolf found love as well. Uh, a fairy godmother turns some mice and an onion into a carriage, horse-drawn carriage for Shrek and Fiona. Onion carriage, nice. yeah. Nice detail. Yep, onion as carriage. opposed to a pumpkin, yep. And then Fiona, oh, this is a great moment. Fiona's about to throw the bouquet, and we all know the tradition. Bride throws the bouquet, everyone lines up, well, mostly the women. And whoever catches the bouquet is the next one to get married. And so we have Cinderella and Snow White fighting for the bouquet. How is Snow White conscious? uh, Yeah, my note here is, if Snow White's awake, wouldn't that mean she doesn't need to catch a wedding bouquet? Right? Like her Prince Charming came and smooched her awake. And she's And then just fucked off. (laughs) Yeah, just fucked off. But nope, that's not how this is working. Doesn't really matter because the dragon catches the bouquet. So she's going to marry her sexual abuse victim, just like it says in the Bible. Well, in the Bible, it's still the father's discretion now. Come on, let's be fair. Let's be fair with our horrible texts. No, uh, in the Bible, if you rape somebody's virgin daughter, you just got to pay the dad 50 shekels and marry them. Yeah, but the dad can still refuse. That's okay. Yeah, he gets the option. Okay, okay. But I mean, she's damaged good, so you're probably not going to get a good dowry at that. And then we see the gingerbread man again. He's using a candy cane as a crutch. He's got the the surviving leg reattached with icing. Yes, he does. (laughs) And he says, God bless us, everyone. (laughs) Which I kind of hate. Like, it's just thrown in there because there's nothing else very Christmas Carol about this story. I mean, I guess, you know, Shrek's kind of miserly and his heart softens, I guess. But It's just because he's missing one leg. Eh. But here's the thing. Are there no bakers that could bake him another leg and they could reattach it with icing? Yeah, see, that's what I was saying. You can always bake new legs. Not until the sequel. Okay. Yeah, they got a... <laughs> They're still proofing. Yeah, then they just that they turn that shit up to a 11 in the sequel. 
yeah. So in the middle of the song, we get obligatory uh, Macarena segment because late 90s, early 2000s. This fucking sequence goes on for a while. I feel like it, it, it overstays its welcome for sure. Dancing in animation. It's it's the shtick. I, th- I think what I read was Jeffrey Katzenberg insisted on this being the ending versus like them just getting married in the church and running off from there. And then eventually Shrek and Fiona do ride off into the sunset and they're in their own fairy tale book now. Aww. And that was Shrek. But before we go as millennials, we know that every movie and TV show has a moral. So Jules, what did you learn today? Oh, that no doesn't mean no. No means maybe later. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> they killed you alone oh, with that one. Oh God! Yeah, that's uh, that is definitely a lesson that this movie tries to teach us. <laughs> and John, what did you learn? Please, may it not be sexual assault related. <laughs> Today, I learned you must obey the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> And I learned how far I can go ripping off Disney before I can get before getting sued. So uh, it's good. To, I know I know where the line is. It's uh, it's good to know. And before we go, we do need to tell you what we're doing next time. So, John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? Oh, we're likely breaking all sorts of international laws as we follow Mission Impossible. Oh, shit. Um, And do you have a a review to get us prepped for that mission? I've got an excerpt from the San Francisco Chronicle. It's the worst kind of convoluted thriller. It can never unravel satisfactorily because there's nothing simple at its center. Just more confusion. The last three quarters deal with trying to find the real villain. Pleasures are incidental and few. The picture relies on a trick involving a lifelike rubber mask on three occasions, and twice has the hero bring out an exploding stick of gum. Still, there's the theme song and the pleasure of hearing it in Dolby sound. Whoa. That's cool. Someone did not like Mission Impossible. No. Especially since those masks are going to be a staple of the franchise. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't get abused until Mission Impossible 2. The second movie just kills it. Oh, John Woo. Well, that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Links to all of that are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.